Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through We are the ones who will never be broken With our final breath We'll fight to the death We are soldiers, we are soldiers
you for calling to coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative uh, and I almost, almost dare say American conversation. And while this what this last week has been, uh, of course you're probably all aware now, and this could be a, a crux of a big part of our uh, conversation tonight. Of course, as always, we'll talk about other things too, as we always do here. Some things probably not even on the title of our show tonight. But that's how the organic nature of Bard's Logic is. But tonight we're going to be talk, calling on to boycott the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. Uh, one question I ask is, what problem does the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, or Freed, as some are saying it's supposed to be pronounced, uh, have with voting integrity? With voting integrity. Uh, he has decided, and even on the statement it says, I have decided. Uh, to move the All-Star game out of Georgia due to the lies of Joe Biden about the new law passed to increase voter integrity. Uh, one, folk, one thing I'm uh, also uh, asking the folks to do is to call. Call his office. Tell them how you feel about it, especially in lieu of uh, their deal they recently signed with uh, that, Chinese, <laughs> that, company, uh, that Chinese company. Uh, his office is 212-931-7800. Uh, you can get that number here on uh, Blog Talk Radio on the page here for this episode uh, where you can get that. Now, I don't know how extensive, and I don't know if this just excludes the All-Star game, uh, but one of the things I'm also asking people, and I know it's tough, but, I mean, we, 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 I think we've got to do these things. Um what we're asking is for the audience to not only boycott the, all, the All-Star game, but also the game sponsors. And that list includes, and this may not be all-inclusive, uh, is Arm & Hammer, Hammer, which I actually have some right now, which will be the last of it, I guess, for a while, uh, in, in the bathroom uh, cabinet. But Bank of America, oddly, well, it's supposed to be America's pastime, but with them giving us uh, MOB over to China, uh, for Chinese money, I don't know if they can really start calling it America's pastime anymore. Uh, Blue Emu Pain Relief Cream. Not, that won't be hard for me there. Now, this one, I like Bud Light. I don't drink it much, but Budweiser. Uh, no surprise, but Budweiser is a sponsor. Uh, Camping World, not familiar with them. Chevrolet, so I wonder how many people who are planning on buying uh, Chevrolet cars are now going to do so. I know I won't. Uh, luckily, I have a Ford, <laughs> so we'll hopefully Ford don't get involved. But uh, some place called Clear, never uh, not familiar with it. Citrix, not familiar with that either. DraftKings, I don't play it, but it, I believe it's that online uh, where you can bet on different games. Uh, Evan Williams Bourbon. So for all you Evans Williams people out there. Uh, that, for all your bourbon fans, uh, Evan Williams Bourbon. Dream Network, don't really know what that is. Flonase, so in this being, uh, at least in, the, in my area, being uh, allergy season, I, I hope that doesn't hurt too many people. I'm Gatorade, which, go Powerade, right? Uh, so Gatorade, Geico, which actually I might have to, I think I have Geico. I think I have Geico for one of my insurances. I think I might have to call them and 
find a new insurance for my uh, it's for my daughter's car. I think I have Geico. I'm going to have to change that. Uh, so see, that's one thing right here that your host is going to have to do. Um, is I guess change car insurance uh, probably going to cost me a little more, but I guess we're going to have to do that. Uh, then there's uh, Good Sam, which is kind of scary because that's a hospital. It's going to be kind of hard to – which I think Good Sam, and we have Good Sam. We call Good Samaritan here uh, Good Sam, so I don't know if it's the same. But And then there's Google. Of course, I've been trying to move away from Google as much as I can. I use DuckDuckGo as my search engine. And for my uh, emails, I've been trying to wean myself off Gmail, but I've been using Gmail for years. Uh, trying to tr- transfer things over to ProtonMail is what I've been trying to uh, trying to do. And okay, so just got a, a an update from Kelly. Uh, he'll be on later, which is good because we will uh, get a uh, an update from Kelly. Um, he's actually on uh, hanging out with the sun for spring break, so that's that, that's nice. But he'll be in later on tonight. And then there's Hyper Ice, none have heard of it, Handcoop Tires, Lone Depot, uh, Lysol. Ah, that's going to be tough. Lysol. Now, this one, I don't know how you can boycott MasterCard. I just don't, especially since your bank card, your debit card's MasterCard. So I guess the only way you could try to get at them is to, uh, well, don't take out a new MasterCard. I guess that's the only thing I, I guess you could do. Uh, MGM Resort, so, eh, okay. Mattel, I don't know who Mattel is. NetSpend, don't know who they are. NTT, not sure. Um, Old Dominion Freight Lines, I don't ever use those. OxyClean, no, not OxyClean. Okay, I don't use those, but I know a lot of folks do. Uh, Roman, don't use Roman. I think that's some kind of medicine thing where you can get prescriptions. Scott's, I think I might use Scott's. Sirius SM. Sirius XM, which I think we may use, so, oh, and then Spectrum Solutions, and this one's going to be tough for me, folks, and to be honest, I just had this tonight for dinner, but I had my dinner tonight prior to doing this research uh, for this episode, so I did not know that Taco Bell also is a sponsor, so I will not be having Taco Bell for at least after the you know after the uh, All Star Game, T-Mobile, which I'm glad I don't have, because it is a as we all know it's a pain in the ass to change your your mobile carrier. It is just a pain. Um, Oots, I'm not too sure what that is, and then Woodbridge by Robert Bondavi. I think Woodbridge is also some type of liquor. So that's a pretty. You know, as I said I don't know if that's an all inclusive list, but that's a pretty extensive list of sponsors who we're asking here at Bard's Logic uh, and spread this episode around because a lot of people don't know who these people, these sponsors are and are, that they're sponsoring, you know, the, you know helping out the, the All-Star game, maybe even the MLB. Uh, but we got, we're going to have to do something. Now, of course, I think the only way we can end, as I alluded to a moment ago, that the only way we can end corporate fascism is by hurting them where it counts the most. And, and that's in their wallet. Um, no, I'm not asking, you know, to boycott all of baseball. Uh, frankly, I don't think that that would be – I don't believe that would be fair uh, for the players. 
I don't think it would be fair for uh, the teams to, to to boycott all of baseball. I think, you know, boycotting the, the All-Star game, and 980 will get you in, Joseph, and then 704 we're going to get you in the, uh, the green room. And yeah, I'm going to complete here. But, again, I don't think, you know, we need to boycott all of baseball. I don't think that's fair to the teams. I don't think it's fair to the players. Uh, but certainly the all-star game and uh, the sponsors of it. Um, so I, I think that, that I don't think they, even though that it was said that the players and the players unions was involved, I think it had to be, it had to, uh, had to do more with corporations than with, uh, you know, than with the players, even though they're trying to say that. Okay. Um, so I do, uh, I was on Twitter earlier and, Okay, and I was hoping that we'd have uh, Larry Spencer on. He had a great post here on Twitter uh, that I was wanting to have him uh, call in about, uh, but I will uh, let him in, for, let him know about the next show. So hopefully we'll hear uh, from uh, Larry uh, next time um, that he's uh, on here uh, on Twitter, and hopefully he can join us on the show. Uh, but anyway, again. Hopefully we'll have an update about uh, some Dominion machines and how we know what happened there in the 2020 election. Uh, but unfortunately, there are still states uh, that will be using them, and Kelly's going to be giving us a call to, you know, give us a report on that. And I'm hoping we can, you know, revisit the conversation we had at the end of the show last week. It was kind of odd. Um, we were talking, and all of a sudden it just went quiet, and then the – you know, we were gone. Um, and so we got uh, Joseph on uh, and then also David. So we will be getting uh, David in the show as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and I'll get off my soapbox from my uh, opening comments. And let's go ahead and welcome Joseph. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, it's a pleasure to be on. How are you, Robert? Oh, you know, it's uh, – uh, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of good. I tell you, well, I was looking over the Bard's Logic newsroom tonight, and I, I mean, it was kind of hard for me to, to choose what to talk about tonight because one, I really don't like talk about every um, what everyone else is, but no one yet that I've know of has actually come out with um, the list of some sponsors. So I want to get that out there, and there's just it's definitely good. If you haven't gone to the Bard's Logic newsroom, there's so many good articles on there tonight, and and, and videos on this. Uh, now you can always go back and archive them, but on the on this, uh, you know, this. Uh, well, what word am I looking for? I, I, I don't want to say episode because it's not a paper. Um, but I guess this. Um, again, you can go back to the archives. Um, what do they call it? The news edition. That's it. <laughs> I don't have to read newspaper stuff much, but this edition of uh, Bards Logic Newsroom on the website at www.bardslogic.com. Uh, politicaltalk.com. Uh, there's just a lot on there. Certainly takes some time, and, and it'll be on the website for a week, so it's not like it's going to disappear uh, after tonight. They only update it once a week for one of the reasons for that reason. Plus, when people subscribe, and I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the newsroom, you're only going to get a once a week update saying, "Oh, Bar- Bard's Logic Newsroom's out. Uh, check it out." Because uh, I, I I get inundated with emails. I know everyone else does. 
And so I don't want to have people get, like, daily update. Oh, every day, you know, new edition. It's only weekly. So not to be much to just, you know, add your email address there. I don't get your email address. It just goes to uh, the people who, you know, put out the, the newsroom for us here at Bar's Logic. And so, but anyway, uh, besides work being a pain lately, Kel, uh, <laughs> Uh, Joseph, and um, uh, let's just say, uh, you know, I'd rather be working on a cabinet somewhere. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's not brought to you by T-Mobile or Taco Bell. No, I just have to say that. Uh, before I get into uh, what I wanted to get into, I just wanted to clarify something for the record. Um, about two weeks ago, Kelly who has a wonderful sense of humor. He was, uh, we were all joking around on the show, and we were talking about two fictitious characters named uh, Joe and Josefina. And we were saying that uh, Josefina would be Suzette, who's one of our uh, panelists, and Joe would be somebody else. I don't remember who. Uh, so I made a few jokes last week about Josefina, because uh, you have to have a sense of humor in this uh pandemic going on when everything you uh, see on the news makes you want to cringe and is negative. I just wanted to state for the record, when I was talking about Josephina, I don't want it to get misconstrued. I was in no way, shape, or form referring to Suzette, uh, even though Kelly, uh, like he always loves to joke around. Uh, I love his sense of humor. Um, he said two weeks ago that Josephina would be Suzette and Joe... I still can't remember who Kelly will remind me. So now that I got that out of the way, just for the record, uh, Suzette, if you're out there, it was not uh, was not referring to you. Um, simply, I just uh, continued the fictitious character of Josephina, and I kind of just let it fester in my mind of creativity. Lord knows you got to find something to do uh, during this uh, pandemic, um, something funny and positive. So now that that's out of the way. Uh, by the way, this will not be brought to you by Josephina tonight as well. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Yes, to be honest, it's it's a sham. Uh, the uh, uh, the boycott of the Major League Baseball is just a diversion. It's just a distraction. That's all it is from really what's going on. Because to be honest, I stopped watching sports the moment that they they started to politicize sports. Never in our history. Has sports ever been politicized until starting a few years ago? It started with uh, Kaepernick with him taking the knee, and then it became a, a slow progression of you know unfolding into um, NFL and then the NBA and then the MLB. If you remember last year uh, in Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Twins walked out and didn't play the game. I, I forget the other team they were uh, facing because of the George Floyd uh, tragedy that happened. So, you know, they're on thin ice as it is. Um, you know, they have all-time uh, low ratings in MLB, NFL, and NBA. So if they continue at this uh, rapid pace of stupidity and ignorance, uh, they're going to just find themselves where uh, America's no longer going to have an MLB or an NFL or the NBA. I mean, they're on the verge of just you know, um, going completely bankrupt and, and losing the uh, affection of the American people because, uh, you know, we're tired of everything having to be politicized. 
and damn it, we can't even enjoy our sports anymore. I mean, you know, what else can we enjoy? Uh, we can't even have that luxury anymore because they've decided to politicize it and, and spit on, uh, on, on this beloved country. You know, I feel like telling the commissioners and the players, if you hate our country so much, uh, why don't you next time don't walk out, cross over to the border of Canada, get the hell out of our country, get lost. Oh, and by the way, don't expect to be paid as well. Get out. And I don't want to seem harsh, Robert, but I may be breaking some people's feelings on this, but this is honestly how I feel. If you hate our country, get out. No one is putting a gun to your head to stay here. Get the hell out. I'm tired of hearing uh, Joseph, I would would add an – I won't say it now because we're not in Bar's Logic After Dark, but I would add an expletive between some of those words. Get the blank out. I mean, I think people can figure out what that would be. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> exactly, a hundred percent. And I'm being, I'm being serious. It's like just get out. If 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 you hate us so much, if if you think we're such a horrible country, who's stopping you? Get out. You know, and it's kind of ironic because those who are, you know, spitting on our country, you know, claiming we're a horrible country versus everyone else wants to come in from different countries. So I think it's a distraction, the MLB, for really what's going on right now. Um, We have a lot of issues, but I think one of the most pressing issues is the humanitarian issue on our border. And it's just deplorable what's going on. It's unfathomable. It's horrible. It's um, words can't even express it. And this was all created by the Harris-Biden regime. Under President Trump, his policies, his immigration policies, we had an all-time low of illegal immigrants attempting to cross the border or attempting to apply for political asylum in 20 years. This doofus steals power, and this is the highest border uh, Passing in American history, the highest percentage. And the doofus has barely been in office for, what, not even fully three months yet. And then the irony of it is they're talking about boycotting the MLB, but they're not talking about boycotting the Olympics in Beijing in 2022. Now, if that's not freaking irony, I don't know what is. Seriously. It is a sad day in America that we've come to this. They're willing to boycott the MLB, which, by the way, nobody cares watching anyways, all-time low in ratings, but they won't boycott the 2022, exactly, Olympics in Beijing. So you know what? I have a message for the commissioners and the owners of the teams of the MLB and the NFL and the NBA. Why don't you all get your arses out of here, go to China, make your lives there, and get the hell out of our country because you're not welcome. The minute you decided to allow the players and the teams to spit on our country's face, that is sedition. You want to talk about the Dems calling Trump supporters and accusing them of sedition for the January 6th riot? Yet you want to know who are the real seditionists? Are the ones that continue to spit in our country's face 
but they want to have their cake and eat it. They want to spit in our country's face, demean our flag and our anthem, but they want to keep their teams here and continue making their hundreds of billions of dollars a year or however much they make. So, you know, take your teams, take your families, go to China. Good luck. Well, I think you're fine. Good luck with the regime right now. But China did sign that big that big streaming deal uh, for like 125 games or something like that nature uh, to a Chinese communications company. Correct, correct, correct. And not only that, they are committing mass genocide as we speak, and they're putting up people of different religions in in tournament camps. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a great example. And one more thing before I defer back to you, remember in Washington D.C. Over a week ago, African-American woman that tried to carjack an Uber driver, and it yeah. wound up in a fatality. Well, guess what? They're not going to be facing any prison time. Can you yeah, I've got an article like, on that, actually. Um, yeah, I've got an article on that, if, if I may. That's, it's one of the articles. Yeah, as I was saying, I got here from the um, uh, the Bard's Logic newsroom. It's just a real short article. Uh, real quick, it says, yeah, two teenage, uh, it's a one-minute read. So it says, uh, two teenage girls charged for Uber Eats driver murder may get plea deals. Two teenage girls, only 13 and 15, have been charged with the murder of 66-year-old Uber Eats driver uh, Muhammad Anwar. The murder occurred uh, last Tuesday afternoon near national parks in Washington, D.C. However, a, quote, pushy plea deal is expected to be reached in the coming days. The young girls assaulted Anwar with a taser during a carjacking attempt. They are expected back in court on April 20th, and they've been charged with a felony murder, carjacking, and armed robbery. Anwar was killed as he attempted to maintain possession of the car while the two girls, quote, tried to navigate the car down the street, cops said. D.C. Mayoral uh, Bureau Bowser is receiving backlash for a tweet she wrote about the incident which many deem highly irresponsible, crime of opportunity, following these steps to reduce the risk of your vehicle. So are you serious? Under D.C. law, the 13-year-old can't be charged as an adult, even in a murder case, according to the Post. The 15-year-old suspect uh, could be charged as an adult, but that would increase the burden of proof on prosecutors, and reports said uh, in juvenile court, defendants who are found responsible Another term for guilty can only be jailed until the age of 21. So they, you're right. They, they may six, six, six years in jail for the 15-year-old, maybe nothing for the 13-year-old for carjacking and killing this guy. Which enrages me, and this is probably the most politically incorrect thing I've ever said in the nine years of being on this show because they're black, and I'll defer back to you, and that is a sad day in America. And I certainly think that that um, – I think that may play a part. I really do. And, you know, because, and here's the thing is, you know what? If it was two white boys or, heck, even two white girls who did this, and he was – I think it was a Muslim, they would have called it a hate crime. They would try to they would try to prosecute these two boys if they were boys or if there were two girls if they were white if these two were white I truly think that you know you'd have the liberals up in arms screaming that you know all about the people's parents and 
saying that the parents are responsible and that the kids uh, should be charged with a hate crime. And somehow, of course, they would try to try to link them to Trump. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what they'd want to do. They'd want to charge you if they were white. They'd be charged with a hate crime uh, because you know, you know, because they're white. Two black girls, yeah, they're, they're not going to get it. Uh, so let's get uh, some. Go ahead and get some thoughts from David. Uh, thank you very much, David, for calling the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing good, Robert. How are you? Oh. Hanging in there. How about that? That's about what I could say right now. <laughs> yeah, to go back to what uh, Joe was talking when you were talking about those two girls, it's I'm still enraged. Uh, Marilyn ba- uh, Bowser, she needs to resign immediately, but it's not going to happen. When the police chief is defending and saying, and I quote, charging these girls with murder will not bring him back. I wow. could not believe this. Yeah, that is an actual quote, and he needs to resign as well. You're supposed to be a leader. You're not supposed to uh, cave into any political correctness whatsoever. And, you know, maybe it's just the anger in me, but maybe, just maybe, you know, and I try not to, you know, bash on religion or anything else, but this praying and hoping ain't really working. It's time for it may be time for violence. It may be time to say nope, enough's enough. Uh case in point, there was another story in uh Washington. It's the same place where uh Kennedy apparently uh proposed to uh Jacqueline Bouvier and a few presidents have dined where this uh or a, a black woman she was told to leave after 90 minutes, you know, because uh, because of the COVID restrictions at 25% capacity, and she refused to leave. And long story short, she acted herself to Rosa Parks and everything else, and she had this list of demands. But what happened was is that the owner didn't cave, and he wanted to talk peacefully and whatever was necessary. So they ended up firing the two people who told the lady to leave after doing their job. And I'm just thinking, is this what it's going to take? I'm sorry, but this is what needs to happen, okay? They need to find out the two fired employees who – it's very hard to get a job in Washington, D.C. because you know, of all the restrictions. They need to find out where that lady is, on it, and you know, maybe some vigilante justice needs to take. You have to send a message, you know? When I went to college, you know, they would preach the last resort is violence, and hey, maybe let's take something out of their playbook. Maybe it is time, and it is time to use a little violence. Okay, you want to play violent? We'll play violent, and we're going to broadcast this. And it's not in who gave the martyrs, but what point is it going to happen? The criminal justice is not on our side. They have they have politicized the Department of Justice. Look what they're doing to uh, Congressman Matt Gates. They oh, have gosh, yeah. politicized. Yeah, they have politicized our military. They have politicized the the executive branch. They have politicized the Congress. Enough is enough. Now this is the time. This is exactly why the Second Amendment was put in place. It was not for hunting. It was not for if somebody breaks into your home, which, yes, that's part of it. But it is to defend against tyranny. This that's is that, yep, that's tyranny. True. This is tyranny at all forms. That is what the Second Amendment 
was about. Granted, the pen is mightier than the sword, but sometimes you have to take that sword. You've got to start swinging it. You've got to start hitting for the kill because that is how you stop it. If you look at all the great empires throughout history, and this is one thing I'm very fascinated about, if you see their destruction and fall, and this is going to upset uh, probably the female uh, <laughs> sector of your audience, but if you look at the fall of Rome, you look at the fall of Greece, you look at the fall of the English uh, of the British Empire, it was because they started allowing more emotionally based policies. They started allowing more women to rule in that sense. Now this, and I always give to somebody, prove me wrong. When they say, oh, the future is female, I always tell God help us because every time female have taken over, there's always been a war. There's always been chaos. You look at Nefertiti, Cleopatra, uh, was it Queen uh, Medicus. It, the list goes on and on and on. Look who ran Brazil for 20 years. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but she was a socialist, and it was actually um, Jair uh, Bolsonaro who, uh, who replaced her. We threw her out of power. So we have to stop allowing these emotion-based policies and just do what the fa- you know, what facts and what reasoning is. Because if we allow this, man, this is it. We're going down. And if you look at how you know, Russia – or if you look how communists infiltrates your society, it breaks it down through all sectors. Look what they – with sports. Sports, man. I love baseball. I know Joe hates it, man. I know some other people hate it, but I absolutely love baseball. When the Dodgers won last year, I was crying. I said 33 years and we finally got it. And what does the president of the Los Angeles Dodgers do? He starts politicizing, man. If I had a rifle, dude, I would have took him out. I'm sorry. You're following Vin Scully and Tommy Lasorda, who are on their deathbed. They don't want to hear that before they, before they go, man. They just want to know the Dodgers won. You look at football. I bleed Carolina, or I used to bleed, you know, the Carolina Panthers. I don't even care anymore. Basketball, San Antonio Spurs, don't care. Soccer, don't care. It's just, man, there's no escaping it. I'm like, shoot. The only thing that I know that has not been politicized is uh, weightlifting. That's about it. I'm just like, man, well, at least the gym. There's no politicization there because it's on your own accord. You can't blame, oh, because I'm black, I'm brown, I'm white, I can't lift this. Here's a newsflash, pal. In the last 20 years, most, Olympi- most Mr. Olympios have been black. So that's the only thing I can't think of being politicized. But everything else, man, from your work, from, from banking, I mean, if you watch Tucker Carlson earlier, they're talking about Delta and United or going to allow affirmative action to fly a plane, you know, in order to create more pilots? Yeah. Are you trying to get planes from the sky? Are you serious? But no, just enough's enough. I mean, that's why I've been gone. I'm just like, enough is enough. When are we ever going to draw the line? And there is one person who has stood up to all this, and it's a woman, surprisingly. It's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor, and I wish she was listening, man. That woman, God bless her, she does not cow to, uh, cater to the left, and she doesn't care what you think. You just, and same thing with Governor DeSantis. They don't care. Right. And that's who we need. So my brother, he, he lives in Florida, and he loves DeSantis. He's like, man, he's like, that guy's got some balls. So he's like, and that's what, and that's what we need. And I tell you what, if, if Trump doesn't run in, in 2024, uh, I could see DeSantis winning. And I, I don't, at this point, I don't know who would be able to defeat him uh, other than Trump if there's any type of primary. But yeah, I mean, 
I was never real big. I mean, I would say high school football is probably my my favorite sport. I mean, I'll watch you know you know some baseball uh, here and there. And and man, you mentioned something I want to make a, a point of, but I, I I can't really remember what it was. You know what it was now. Um, but yeah, I mean they. I mean it, it is ridiculous in how they have politicized. Yeah, pretty much everything, even things that should. Like I was uh. Even I mean it was it was interesting. I was on Twitter the other day and someone mentioned uh, about you know oh well if you don't they're like if you don't want to politicize baseball then maybe you shouldn't be flying the American flag and doing the national anthem. And I'm thinking how dumb I felt like saying take a civics class. Uh, you know I can't remember exactly what my my tweet is. I guess I can look it up. My response, but it's like. Actually, the flag and the national anthem are supposed to transcend politics. They're supposed to transcend right. it. You know, it's supposed to be something we can all rally as as Americans by. The problem with that is, is with the help of the with the Democrat Party, with the help of the the news media and academia, they have basically created a, a situation in America where almost half the half the country. Uh, that might be exaggerating a little bit, but there's a good portion of the country that actually hates the nation they live in. And as you pointed out earlier, uh, you know, Joseph, it's like, well, then get that blank out. I mean, I've always said exactly. that. You know, America, love it or leave it. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about the other day. I was thinking about baseball. I was thinking about one of my favorite all-time players, Roberto Clemente. You know that he was oh, actually – Oh, now I remember he, what he I wanted played, to say. Real, yeah. real quick, real quick, Dave, because you mentioned a player. Is that you meant you know? Because I I had a favorite player. I'm a I'm I'm from Ohio, and uh-huh. that that's what I want to bring up. I want to bring my player that I mean was my favorite. Now I I, I boo him when he comes up because uh, it's Joey Votto from the Cincinnati Reds. Because mm-hmm. I I always thought man this guy's got great patience. You know he's a he's just a, he's a patient hitter, and that's one of the things that I liked about him. You know when he, he was. You know, on that team, he was my number one uh, player on the team. But then here he is at batting practice during the summer last year wearing a BLM, you know, Black Lives Matter shirt. And, and this is a white player. Well, you know, if you know baseball, um, you know Joey Votto. And yeah, I'm like, really? Really? I'm like, come on. I just I just hate when the, it's like, look, but, I mean, if you want to wear that outside, you know, of the stadium, sure. But, you know, I mean, I just don't like what people try to use. You know, look, I, I, I couldn't do that in my work, probably. Um, but no. to, to use their, their work as, as a platform for – especially baseball, but in, I think – or any sport. I mean, you're supposed to get away from, you know, the, the politics. Baseball is supposed to be something – it's the America's pastime, which I tell you what, with them selling this out to China, I, they, I don't think they can call it the America's pastime much longer, uh, especially with what, you know, MLB or at least one guy did. Uh, the commissioner, and people start to uh, – and I think there's actually a petition out there on change.org. Uh, I've just seen this in passing, uh, whether people are trying to get a petition to actually uh, yeah, petition him to resign. Uh, so, yeah, I doubt it's not a hot oh, yeah. hell Cuomo <laughs> but go ahead, Dave. Oh, you're going to hate me. Yeah, you're going to hate me because you're talking about baseball. Bud Seelig would have killed the commissioner, Manafort, uh, uh, Manfred, I think. Yeah, Bud Seelig went up taller to that. He goes, yeah, okay, fine, you're done. 
But no, because um, Bud Seeley did the right thing, and I know it goes against Pete Rose. Pete Rose is one of my favorite player, man, but he did dumb, he did it dirty, and that's his punishment. I know because you're a Reds fan, Pete Rose coached the Reds and he played on the Reds. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that. But before uh, before I uh, give it to somebody else, I was talking about Roberto Clemente. He was actually approached on the Civil Rights Act. He wanted to use baseball, you know, as a political. He said no. That is not my job here. My job is to entertain people, to get them away from that. And this is a guy who couldn't even go in the South during that time. He goes, nope, that's not my job. And I was just like, dang, even his own son said that. My father would never do something like that. Absolutely not. He loved this country. He knew the opportunity, but he would never politicize it. That's why it's called America's pastime. Even during the war, the soldiers said, no, we have an obligation of the people to play. You know, we have an obligation to entertain until they were called to service. <laughs> but – it's just it's it's ridiculous, man. That's why we watch sports. Look after nine eleven, man. We were united as ever. Baseball, people run out with the flags. Football, just like America rocks. What happened? That's a very good question. I mean, and, and if you think about it, you know, nine eleven, two thousand one, right? I mean, twenty years. It's twenty years this year, right? Yeah. And yeah. it is amazing, and not a good amazing. On how fast, yes, how fast this nation is turned around. And I think where it started is actually during the beginning of the Obama administration on his, you know, apologize for America tour. I think what, I mean, I, I tell you what, I think that his, I think his, him becoming president may very well be one of the worst presidential events that happened in modern history uh, because, I mean, really, I do think that that's really come around because here you had a president who, just for the very fact that he was black, you couldn't criticize him for anything or else you were a racist. So, I mean, and he was always, you know, he was downing police officers. He was always downing America. You know, he was downing yeah. entrepreneurs. You didn't build that. And so he, he really put it in then with the media and that's a, that, I mean, that that's uh, even more so than than uh, Obama, uh, but I think them starting to become, uh, you know, sycophants instead of journalists, you know, when, right. and I think that happened. I think it really broke through during the Obama administration, where they felt like they had to protect him because he was the first black president. Well, the only way they could protect him personally is to protect him his policies, even if his policies are crap. I, I, I could definitely, uh, I, I, I could definitely see that, but just uh, it, you know, I, I agree with Ann Coulter on this one though. She said it actually created more with the Bush administration because uh, Muslims became a protected class after 9/11, and I don't think anyone deserves to be a protected class. Are there bad people in this world? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't categorize all Muslims like that. I would never do something like that, just like I would do with Christians, Jews, gays, whatever. But. And lastly, just who cares if someone calls you racist? I'm, it's not yeah, the worst care. thing in the world. There's, yeah, there's child molesters, there's there's rapists, there's murderers, there's vegans. But come on, man, it's just a racist. I mean, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's racists. I mean, it doesn't bother. So what? You don't like me because I'm calling ten? Okay, good. Have a nice day. But at least the racist is honest with me. I don't like you. Okay, cool. Whatever. That's fine. But you don't have to. You know, not like how these liberals are. How they think that. Quote unquote, uh, you have to blacks and Latinos or whoever the heck are now Asians because uh, Biden's the president that they have to be a protective class. That's that's more insulting than oh, me calling me part, part of my labor. 
Yeah, then call me. Pardon, uh, I'm going to say call me a wetback. It doesn't bother me one iota. <laughs> I mean, dang, but doing that, you will enrage me because you're thinking I'm a kid. I'm a grown man. And back to you, Robert. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really, you know, care if, you know, I'm, I'm called names like that either. It's just, it's, it's, it's words. I mean, you know, I mean, you can call me whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, I know the truth of it. Is, you know, and I, and I tell my daughter this. I'm like, you know, unless someone actually has, because she, you know, she's a, you know, she's a 18, 19 now, and you know, they, they, they have all the social media. So I, I think the social media stuff really. Uh, exacerbates, you know, people caring about what other people think. But I told her, I said, you know, because she was real upset about somebody thought or said something. I said, you know, my daughter, I said, you know what? I said, unless someone has a direct, and this might sound callous, but frankly, I don't care. Um, But I told her, I said, unless someone has a direct influence on your life in some way, who cares what they think? Who cares what they think about you? If they can't, if they can't directly affect your life in either a positive or negative way, does what they think matter about you? I mean, does their opinion of you matter? Not at all. <laughs> so if they can affect you in any way, why you know why, why get you know get worked up about it? Um, you know, because it, it doesn't matter. So if, if someone's like, you know, like you, know, of course, you see this all because I have to be on. Unfortunately, that the social media is just for you know the show kind of get the pulse of things, and you know I just can't help myself to argue with some liberals, and that's a huge waste of time anymore. Because it used to be where you could actually talk to a liberal and talk civilly, but that's that's pretty much gone, and and I blame the media for that. Because one thing that the media has done is they have actually have been successful in promulgating so much hate. Uh, for Americans to hate other Americans, uh, more so than I've ever seen, and I've been following politics for 40 years, and I've never seen where there's a, there's just so much hatred for, for fellow Americans. It is unbelievable. Whereas to, I've been telling this for a long time, it wouldn't surprise me if later on uh, we were to see some type of civil war. It just wouldn't surprise me. No, civil war is growing. That's all. You know, it, it's coming. So I mean, think we could stop it in its tracks. Um, it went. This is you know maybe a radical idea for me, but since colleges are subsidized by you know by their public, they're not necessarily bastions of free speech and subsidies. So, no. You know a law doesn't. You know a law needs to come into play. Say, all right, if you're going to teach radicalism, anti-American, anything like that, we're just not going to subsidize you. We're not going to pay for it, or just in college subsidies altogether. And, le- and only and only if they only if there is servitude or military service. That's the only way I'll grant it because I I went on the GI Bill, but I earned my I earned my uh, my college. No, yeah. certainly. Thank you for your service. And my, yeah, and my dad did as well. And I, I got this article here. It's just, it's real short. Um, uh, again, you can find these on the on the website, the the Barthes Newsroom. Um, it's uh, Biden praises companies for standing up to Georgia, and, and I gave a list earlier. On the show, you know, of, of what some of those, uh, you know, companies are that I, I say you boycott them, um, and you know what? And because you know they're they're talking about oh, you know, uh, they're trying to in, infringe on people's vote, you know, make it harder for people to vote. It's like no, no, no it's an ID. I mean, the MLB is such hypocrites. It's like wait a minute, if I order a ticket online, or I order a ticket over the phone, and I have to pick up my ticket on will call. I got to produce an ID. 
So by you, you know, so are you being discriminatory uh, to you know minorities in uh, baseball stadiums when they go to pick up their when they go to pick up their tickets and you card them, requiring them to have an ID to pick up their tickets? Well, why is that not discriminatory? And so it got this. Uh, it's a Joe Biden encouraged, and this is what got the start of it. Uh, encouraged large corporations to crack down on individual states while repeating falsehoods about Georgia's election integrity laws. On Tuesday, he expressed support for Delta Airlines and MLB to withdraw operations from Georgia. Now, isn't CNN headquartered headquartered in Atlanta? So is CNN going to leave Atlanta now? Are they going to move their headquarters out of Atlanta? But anyway, I digress. It says Georgia overstate uh, new voter laws. Quote, it is reassuring to see that for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws, as if we don't know what they are, are just antithetical to who we are, Biden stated. Republicans are pushing back against these claims, however, with former Representative Doug Collins even writing an op-ed listing a number of false claims made by Democrats regarding the law that have already been refuted by left-leaning uh, networks. It says uh, political commentator J.P. Sears uh, expanded on Collins' argument while pointing out that many of the companies like Delta who are pushing against Georgia have business dealings with China and, that, uh, and they would like to protect. He also said, that, quote, the airlines has ties with communist China. Sears added that China's economic ties to the U.S. are strong enough to motive, a strong enough motive to lead them to attempt to meddle in Europe, U.S. affairs. And that's what I'm, I'm going to go back and forth from the, the article, but that's what I'm concerned about. And now here with the MLB, and, and you know, it's like, well, all oh, America's pastime. I'm like, people got to, the right to be concerned, you know, with the meddling of America's pastime because, I mean – Baseball is a big part of American culture, and the United America, we're having a hard enough time maintaining our culture. And it's what Mark Levin likes to say, it's language, what, what's the three things for having a, a, a nation? You have to have language, culture, and, and something else uh, is what binds a nation. And, I mean, baseball is, you know, when you think of baseball, you think of America. Well, if you have them selling us out to China, to China when it stops being, you know, America's pastime again, and I'm, and I'm not a huge baseball fan. I'm not, never that big into baseball. Um, I mean, I'll watch it and knock out a few beers with my friends, stuff like that. You know, it's 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 fun. I'll go to some ball games. Um, you know, but it's synonymous. It's basically synonymous with America. And if you take that away from America, which I think – that the Chinese are trying are, are going to try to do, and that's why I think you know you know with corporate uh, with their, you know the corporate interests them just sign. I just find it interesting that they signed this deal with China to stream like 125 you know games. My concern is they're going to start thinking you know we don't need the American people anymore. We we don't we we don't we don't need them anymore. And I think a lot of businesses and a lot of the sports are thinking they're like look. We get a billion, and I, you know, I've been thinking this for years. It's, it, you know, you would think 
China has a billion people. That's a hell of a market. That's a hell of a market. So it's going to be to the point where they're just going to sell us out to the Chinese like this streaming deal. And they're not going to need this. They're not going to need this anymore. Now, I still think that they do now because I don't know if there's that much of an interest of, you know, baseball in China right now. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't done the research to check that out. Uh, but that's what my big, uh, you know, my big concern is, is they're, they're just not going to need us anymore. And so you're going to have a foreign influence from our adversary, you know, and right now China is our greatest adversary right now. And, you know, if they could start having us punished, and think about it, who, I mean, how would these laws help China? Well, if the Democrats who are pro-China can continually win elections due to voter fraud, and we know that's what happened for the presidency of the United States. We know that happened. In those Senate seats, because the thing, the, the same thing happened. We got Skype caller on, uh, gets in the green room, gets your name, and then I'll bring in. But we know what happened in 2020. I, re- I think that the same thing happened in Georgia. Oh, well, at the end of the night, all these Democrat votes came in for the Democrats to win. So who does it benefit? You know, they, they try to say, oh, well, Russia, Russia, Russia. And, and that's what the, the Democrats are, good, are really good at. They're really good at projections. So all this time, they're trying to point the finger at Trump saying, oh, he's colluding with Russia, and you know, you've got to watch out for the Russians and things of that nature, when actually it's them with China is who we really got to watch out for. So they're trying to you know, play the smoke and mirrors game, trying to draw the attention with what connections they're trying to get with China, you know, pushed on to, uh, you know, pushed on to Trump when they're actually, you know, they're the ones actually doing it. Well, Robert, so, if I may say something go, really go quick ahead, before you bring in the guy in the green room or, the, or whoever the yeah, person yeah. is. You go ahead. I'm going to be in the green um, room. Okay. Uh, I, I get that there's a lot of frustration out there, and um, sometimes people may say things in the heat of the moment, um, but uh, – Violence is always the last resort, but we're not even we're not even close to being there. Uh, I do agree. There's a lot of anger in this country, and you know people have to tap into that anger and channel it the right way. But uh, through violence, um, that's that's not going to get us anywhere. Um, if we want to address the elephant in the room, we uh, we need to take back our elections, and um, we need to start now. Uh, but uh, no, I don't want to encourage any violence because we're we're not there yet. We're not we're not close. We may feel the frustration and the angst, but we're not there yet, and that's the main thing. Uh, and also, um, I, I'll give David uh, uh, a chance to clarify himself, but I kind of was a little bit confused on. Um, when he was saying uh, or talking about um, emotional females uh, who are are rulers or leaders of previous empires. Um, I I, I think he was trying to point out an example of how in certain situations that didn't work out, but I don't think uh, David meant it as uh, generalizing that all women are emotional. Um, 
because I don't think that whatsoever. I think, you know, you could have uh, hypersensitive females just as much as you could have uh, hypersensitive uh, males, and I'll give that to uh, David to clarify, and uh, I'll defer back to you, David. Well, I do want to get uh, – we, we could get to that. we got plenty of time, but I do want to get Joe in uh, first, and then you know, we, we can – as uh, Pisaki likes to say, we'll circle back uh, to that. Um, now, I really – no, I'm going to be honest with you. I really do like watching her um, on her press conferences, but that's only when the volume's down. But let's go ahead, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, get in, Joe. Uh, and that's kind of like the, the same way I feel about uh, – well, actually, she's funny to watch because she's always stepping in it. She's always uh, – Pisaki, I figured it. Uh, she's always stepping in it. So she actually is fun to have the volume on because uh, she, she – I mean, she's, she's so over her skill set. It's unbelievable. Uh, but AOC, I mean, her I like to watch talk. I just – that is one with the, the volume off because I can't stand to hear – anything that comes out of her mouth. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, welcome uh, Joe. And we'll, we can get back to, to Dave. Well, as I said, we got certainly plenty of time, but thank you very much, Joe, for coming to the show. How are you today? Hey, Bob. Hello, Joseph, and hello, anybody else who's, um, who's on the uh, the panel tonight. <clears throat> Speaking of um, AOC, um, I know it's about uh, Major League ba- uh, Baseball, but AOC was just voted the uh, least competent um, legislator in Congress by um, whatever particular group does that type of thing. So I just thought I'd <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> does not surprise me. Of course, I think there might be a few others that could be right there with her. But Well, she's, she hasn't sponsored very many bills, and none of the bills that she has sponsored have gone through committee, so she's not responsible for any type of legislation. So she's considered ineffective. <laughs> Did you can't happen? respond, so don't like me. That's what, that's what happened last week. There was silence, oh. and then the call dropped, and then we had the, the, the show was over. I don't know what the heck happened then, but go ahead. <laughs> No, I'm finished. Uh, she's, um, as a result, she's considered ineffective. Um, that was it. So back to the topic, Bob. <laughs> well, David, I guess this would be an opportunity here uh, for you to, uh, you know, to answer the, the call from <laughs> from Joseph. I'm just I'm going over this lady. I don't know if any of you guys are on Twitter, but. There's a lady here. Supposedly, she was a conservative, uh, Jennifer Rubin. Uh, I can't stand her. I like to I like to blast on her in her posts on Twitter at every opportunity uh, that I can. And so, you know, right now, you know, she's talking. This talk about the the, you know, the filibuster, right? Oh, but we can only use the filibuster for voting for voting rights. It's like you so you got you guys want to. You know, handpack everything as long as it fits. You know, fits your agenda. You, the, the, you know, the rules only apply when it doesn't affect your agenda. Once the agenda is not affected, then you know, th- then you want to use the rules again. But uh, go ahead, uh, David. Yeah, Jennifer uh, Rubin. She's not a Republican whatsoever. And yeah, to uh, to clarify too, like 
you know, Joe hit the nail on the head. What I meant was is that if that's what it comes to, to our last resort, we have nothing left. We've tried the we've tried the pen and we have no we have nothing left. Then that's the only way to use violence is. But other than that, no, we have to be, you know, you still have to be civil regardless. And my other point is is with emotion. You cannot rule with emotion. And I've learned that I've learned that throughout the years, and that's just common sense. You know, you have to use facts and you have to use logic and reasoning. Because if you rule with emotion, man, it's it, it's chaos. You never get real. You know, I guess the saying is <laughs> never let. Your passions guide your reason. Always let reason guide your passion. And I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, again, to uh, what the other guy, Joe, said about AOC, I thought that was hilarious. I read that article, too. She is useless. And I truly believe that the powers that be, uh, the I would say, the centrist, they're going to try everything in their power to get her out because... As it's going so far, Republicans will overwhelmingly take the House and Senate in 2022 because, like I said, Marjorie Taylor, she's tapped into that anger perfectly. And with Governor DeSantis, they've tapped into that anger. They understand it. In fact, you know, Florida has been opened up for quite a while, and they are booming, and they have the least COVID deaths, and the places that have the most restrictions are the ones who have the most COVID deaths. But, yeah, um, I would say that, you know, because, you know, that article about AOC, it just shows you that some people are just popular on Twitter or social media, but when it comes to doing real groundwork, they don't have a clue. And like I said, you know, I've known I've known bartender for quite some time. She's what they're called the jobber, and you don't want to know the jobber. They're just the pretty person who looks good, collects the tips. They have no clue what they're doing. And just like in Congress, just a pretty person. To me, she's not attractive because I despise her so much. They have no clue what they're doing. Well, it's a good thing. And she isn't effective. Can you imagine if she actually was effective in getting the Green Deal passed sooner than it than it's uh, you know than it's propaganda? Um, can you imagine if she actually got through her Marxist ideals um, while she was? Early in her freshman tenure, she would be a disaster. Absolutely. Well, actually, uh, yeah, absolutely. So sorry, my bad. No, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, what I was going to say is is that, no, I, I think, you know, we're turning a new leaf. Look at what's happening in Las Vegas right now. The mayor, I think North Las Vegas mayor, anyways, he's become a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He said the socialists took over. And every Democrat in the, uh, I guess, Nevada Democrat Party, they resigned. They're like, no, the socialists have taken over. We're done. We are not. All the hard work has just went down the drain. And quite a few of them have defected to the Republican Party. You know, they're saying the Republicans are for the working. They're for freedom. They're for economic. They're for liberalism, which is which is true. Or the conservative base, I wouldn't say, you know, the Republican Party per se. So we're seeing, uh, we're actually seeing something. Just keep talking. You know, I have uh, Jen Psaki, or uh, Little Red Lying Hood, as I like to call her, or Raggedy Ann. Just have them keep talking. Just keep talking. Keep saying these things. You're just going to enrage the base even more. Or have disinfected Democrats cross over. And we're seeing that in record numbers, actually. Touche to that. I was actually going to say on the note of AOC, I remember you saying, Robert, a couple of months ago, what you would hypothetically do in a situation if you walked into a New York bar and you saw AOC. Can you remind our <laughs> viewers, since uh, Joe invoked the mighty AOC of the 16th Congressional District, 
Uh, I, I'd love a, a refresher on that one, please, Robert, if you may. Uh, well, if I was at a New York bar and I seen AOC there, you know, pouring drinks, I guess I'd have to ask, uh, order a pair of slippery nipples. <laughs> <laughs> slippery nipples. <laughs> That's going to be a classic line uh, for your show for years to come, and we'll be cemented in your legacy. I can name like four <laughs> drinks that are uh, not PG <laughs> for this show. Let's just say that. I hope AOC is listening. I hope she's not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 I still have the First Amendment, and podcasts aren't regulated by the FCC, through my understanding of it. So. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet, yes. Joe said it right, not yet. Yeah, they want, they'll, I'm sure they certainly want to, just you know, just like they'll want to tax life insurance at some point. Oh, too. as a matter of um, as a matter of fact, talk about the FTC. Um, BTR has changed its terms of service. I haven't read them, but in anticipation of the cancel culture, there's a show that I go to on Saturdays, and I told them I would try to round up other talk show hosts who are of the conservative and libertarian bent, and see if they want to have like an hour of power, in which on anybody's show doesn't have to be the one that I go to. There can be um, a half an hour that will be given by one conservative or libertarian talk show host, then another half hour by a different show, then another half hour by a different show or talk show host, and see if uh, people here can consolidate, um, perhaps uh, create a network before everybody is canceled. Block Talk Radio is is almost off the radar as far as I'm concerned um, in terms of government surveillance, but it eventually will be on the radar. And I think people should cancel themselves out first before the government comes along and records them into the uh, government database. Yeah. And they're like, remember that time you said the thing about AOC? What about it, Bob? What happened? Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, they'll 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 dig up the archive and they'll be like, "Remember that time?" Oh yeah. You said that thing about AOC, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if she gets reelected and she hears the slippery nipples? Oh boy, will you be called oh, in front of Congress? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. She'll be like, "I'll have people knock down my door at six thirty in the morning to try yeah. to ask me why I I said that." Say, look, look, look up in the. Uh, any bar, any good part, uh, any good bartender will tell you that's an actual drink. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, you don't know what AOC you were referring to. I mean, you know, maybe you were referring to A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So really, you know, you know, AOC could be subject to interpretation. So we could play that card, right, Robert? <laughs> And yeah, like, yeah. Uh, no, I did not say Alexandra. Or whatever, Ocasio Cortez. I just said AOC. You know, the letters of an alphabet and one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. don't have to bang my dick. Yeah, that'll do go it. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gentlemen, that drink. Uh, the recipe for that I already know. It's uh, Bailey Sambuca and uh, friend. Uh, Bailey Sambuca and uh, butterscotch, all equal parts. It's called slippery nipple. Ooh, butterscotch. I've made plenty of them before. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
Mm. Yeah, just take away the no, take away the sample. Yeah, take away the butterfly. You see, so for the record, and I'm gonna get a consensus from uh, David and Joe. Uh, in all honesty, Robert was just simply referring to an alcoholic drink that's been around for a long time. That's all he was saying. I mean, I mean that's the context I understood it to be. Am I right, guys? Of course. Guys? Very much so. Okay. Very much so. There we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's what under the bridge. <laughs> there we go. We have we have a consensus here, and I'm glad no one tried to filibuster. Um, which, of course, you know the the Democrats, of course, you know when when it, when it uh, suits them, then they you know they want to have the filibuster. Like in 2017, uh, you know they really wanted it, uh, but now they they've kind of changed their tune. Uh, I mean, so it, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, it never, you know, it never ceases to amaze me the the hypocrisy of the Democrats. You know, it just it just doesn't. In what way, Bob? Well, I mean, for one, again, you know, we're talking about the filibuster, where in 2017, 2019, they were all for the filibuster. But now, you know, of course, now they want to try to, you know, pass every crazy-ass legislation thing because it, I, I'm thinking they want to blast it open because I think they know, at least I, I'm, this is my hope, that in 2022 they're done, that they're going to get, you know, they're going to lose the House the Senate, and the Senate because the people are going to be like, even maybe some of the people who voted for Biden are going to be like, oh, shit, what the hell did I vote for? Whoa. And then maybe vote uh, some of these yahoos out. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up again because David brought it up and now you are. If they've got enough power now to throw the election when Trump is that popular, they are not stopping there. As we speak, they are spreading their tentacles out to commit more fraud um, in the next few years. And they've been doing it for years anyway. I do not have faith in the 2022 elections. And even if, the, even if the Republicans took back the House, they are no different than the Democrats. But I will well, tell you to... why I can say I'll tell you why, Joe, and I'll tell you why. And you have every reason to, to, to believe what you do. You have every right. I think a lot of Americans have lost faith in the integrity of our election. But there's one thing that keeps that alive. The Republicans who have been in power since 1854 know if they don't do something to change the game in the voting and get their legal teams out there, they'll be like the elephant. Well, the elephant is not extinct, but that's what they'll be. It's survival. They are not going to allow a party that's existed since 1854 and the two-party system to eviscerate. They know that they, this is life or death for them. This is survival. This is no longer uh, 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 they don't they no longer have the um, time and luxury. They know they're going to do what they got to do, and what have Republicans always done when they have their backs against the wall? They pull everything out, including the sink, to do what needs to be done to survive. And they have survived, and they have survived the the test of time. And that's what they will do. They'll do exactly that to stay in power. They, they will do everything they need to survive. And one thing, 
on election night when the election was rigged, Donald Trump didn't know he was going to get any one million votes. Nobody did. Everyone was surprised, even though how popular he is. So they have to do what they have to do to survive, and that's what they're going to do. And that's why I know they understand that if they don't take back the Senate and they don't take back the House in 2022, it's game over. And if they don't take it back the White House in 2024, it's game over. So they'll get their legal teams out there, and they'll do whatever is necessary to make sure that the integrity of the election is not compromised. That is exactly what they're going to do. Now, where I disagree with you is that, yes, the Republicans in many ways are just as corrupt as the Democrats, but right now, I, I, don't, I don't even see it as left or right anymore. I just see it as you either have two sides. Either you are for transforming America to destroy it, or you are for fighting for America to ensure that it remains the land of the free and the home of the brave, that it remains a constitutional republic, a bastion of freedom. Those are the two choices. That is it. And unfortunately, the left, they want the destruction of this country, and they are spelling it out. They're not even hiding it. So i rather know the devil that I know, which are the Republicans, than the devil I don't know. Because unfortunately, we have only a two-party system. If we just decide to say, well, the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats, so I'm just going to sit on the sidelines... Well, guess what? Congratulations. The Democrats have truly won. They've won the battle. They've won the war. They've convinced conservatives that there's no point in fighting because they're just as bad as them, so sit on the sidelines and just allow the Democrats to go rampant, and we cease to exist as a constitutional republic. I, I cannot do that in good faith. I owe it to my loved ones. I owe it to the previous generations that fought and died for our freedoms, and I owe it to the future generations to come to know that when I meet my maker, I can say to my maker that I did everything I could to fight to preserve this country as the land of the free and the home of the brave. So I don't like the two-party system. I don't like the corruption in the Republican Party. But you know what? The Republican Party are not trying to transform America into a socialist country. They're not trying to destroy it. The establishment will always be the establishment. But they are the lesser of the two evils. And like I said, imagine if we would have had this mentality back in 2015. Donald Trump would have never got elected. Imagine if people would have said, uh, you know, the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. So don't vote for Donald Trump. You're just wasting your time. Imagine what would have happened if we would have done that. Because the reality is there are a lot of conservatives that are really not Republican. But they have to run under the Republican banner. And so what I think we need to do is we need to take a look at those candidates like Marjorie Taylor, like Senator Josh Hawley, like Matt Gates, like Robert DeSantis, when in reality they're not really Republicans, they're conservatives. But they know that they have to run under the Republican banner to get elected because we have a two-party system. So imagine if everyone just said, 
forget it, forget it. We wouldn't have it, Robert DeSantis. We wouldn't have a Josh Hawley. We wouldn't have a Matt Gates. We wouldn't have a Marjorie Taylor. So I think we need to truly address the elephant in the room and start calling it for what it is. There's two sides. You're either for preserving our country or you're either for destroying our country. I'll defer back to you. Joe, did you want to add anything on that? or No. Joe's entitled to his particular opinion like I'm entitled to mine. Now, my, my, I mean, my, I'm, I'm not certain. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to say on the fence about it, and, and I wish, I really wish I was as confident as Joseph is about it. And, you know, and I think all the points are, are right. However, I just, well, one thing that Rush Limbaugh said that stuck with me, and I had to do not, I could do nothing but agree with him, as I think. Maybe everyone on this call would do. Well, he likes slippery nipples too, right? Well, I, he, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I prefer – you know, never mind. I, <laughs> you're almost going to take me there, Joe. Why is uh, – <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a foodie. But anyway, that's, that's a different show at a different time. But uh, – Gosh, you totally threw me off, Joe. I'll tell you what. Wow. Well, um, you said that you heard something from Limbaugh one time. We're not even hard logic after dark yet. Yeah, we're not. In, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I keep thinking about. I keep thinking about. Uh, I, I keep get. I think keep, keep thinking about AOC giving me slippery nipples. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> come on. Um, oh my gosh, I am totally out. Now you get totally got me distracted. Um, well, he liked baseball too. He was a commentator before he got. Well, yeah, well, well, he did. Now, well, but what, what Limbaugh said is, I think he brought it up, and now it reminded me, is that he said we knew, we didn't know exactly how, but we knew. Here's the thing that worries me: is we knew they were going to steal the election. We knew they were going to, and he said, and there was nothing we could do about it. When did there was say nothing that, we could. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming, and they did it. And my concern is, is come twenty twenty two, even maybe even twenty twenty four. I mean, I know you get it. You have to have a certain amount of people actually vote the right. You know. Vote truly, you know, they have true votes, and you have to have enough of those in order to make a steal successful. But what, what, what's in place, what's going to be in place by 2022? And what Kelly calls in, hopefully, calls in soon, especially if we have the same machines as the there you go, that's right, you know, the, the Dominion machine still. And I don't know, I mean, I know what they tried to do in Georgia was to try to curtail some of this, like get rid of some of those uh, drop boxes where people just can't throw a, a shit ton in there. But you know what I want to know is I can't remember the, the, the lady's names, but I think it was either, it might have been in Georgia or, or Pennsylvania. How could those two girls that were there when there was only four people, uh, you know, 
after everyone left, there was four people, and they pulled those, uh, you've seen the video, where they pulled those ballots out from underneath the table and then start counting them when everyone else left. There was, two, there was a, mom and, uh, a mom and daughter that were part of it. And, and, and the other two are there. How come none of those? How come those four people who we've seen on the video not ever? And my understanding, and, and I don't ever recall hearing about it. That they never were questioned by anyone. They weren't questioned by the FBI. They weren't requested by any any other law, um, you know, law enforcement. They weren't even. I don't even think they were questioned by the media. Not even conservative media. I think asked these people what what, what happened that night. So what what is being done to to curtail this? Here's the difference, and here's the big difference. We knew they were going to try to rig the election. We did not know they were capable of succeeding in rigging the election. That's the big one right there. Number two, we're only seven seats away majority from taking over the House. So it's clear, and I've said many times on this show, if you're going to rig an election – you can't rig it in big numbers or you can't rig more than one major race, otherwise you leave a paper trail. We knew they were going to rig it, but here's, here's the sad part, is that a lot of the establishment GOP never embraced Trump to begin with. They did not want to see him be reelected. But now here's the difference. As stupid as they are, as ignorant as they are, they did not think that doing that and how they could not think doing that would not produce that they didn't think that by doing that uh biden in less than three months was going to compromise the future of the entire gop including the establishment so that's the difference maker right there you didn't see the rnc uh challenge uh make a challenge to those five states where they had irregularities it was the trump team it was Trump's legal team. It wasn't a collaboration of the RNC and the powers that be in Washington, D.C. Neither did he have a whole collaboration of the entire party, including that hack, Mitch McConnell. There's the difference. You see, they're not smart. They think they're smart, but they're not. What did they think was going to happen? They wanted Trump out of the game so they could return back to the status quo. Did they not think the House of Cards was going to fall? Did they not think that that they were going to be facing the double edge of the sword. Now they're learning the hard way that, oh, shoot, our entire future is in jeopardy. So now the difference is the RNC is going to have their legal teams on the ground. The entire GOP party, all of the establishment, they're going to wield all their power behind it, which they didn't do that before. Trump had very few allies, and most disappointing, he did not have the RNC to back him up. When he made a lot of these legal challenges, if anything, they threw him under the bus. They betrayed him in every form. So the difference is, why is it going to change in 2022 and 2024? Using these same machines and voting systems, well, it's called oversight. You could have the same machines, but when you have it under the scrutiny of a microscope, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, if you have 100 FBI agents, hypothetically, uh, inside uh, uh, a headquarters uh, where they're counting the ballots, do you really think someone's going to try to slip, you know, votes on, underneath the table if 100 FBI agents are looking at them? No, unless they're, they're out of their mind. Of course not. So it's called oversight. It's called survival. 
it, it's, it, it, it's called being pragmatic. It's as simple as that. Donald Trump did not have those allies. Had he had those allies, a different outcome would have happened. He was on his own for most part, and it was up to his legal team, not the RNC. This time, the RNC, with their full power, are going to get behind it, and they're going to make sure, sure, you can use the same machine, but we're going to have oversight. We're going to have our legal team's position in every single state. We see you make one move that is felonious in any way, we're going to be on you like white on rice. Because now they realize, uh uh-oh, what do we do? We opened up Pandora's box. Uh, The Democrats, they're gunning for us. They're gunning for the establishment. They want the destruction of our country, and they only want a one-party system. That's the game changer. It's not just being optimistic, but it's also calculating the actual facts on the ground and also going back in GOP history. The GOP has gone through very dark times. As you remember in the 90s, when Newt Gingrich and they took over the House, that was the first time they took over the House in 40 years. Republicans were saying, you know, when are we ever going to get back power in the House? I don't think it's ever going to happen. So the game changer is it's the whole party now. In 2022 and 2024, and the GOP is very powerful, and they have very powerful resources, and they have the money, and they have the powers that be to say, Dems, it's clear we know what you want. You want a one-party system. You want a one-party rule. We've been around since 1854. Many times we face distinction, but we survived. You're not getting this one. We're not allowing it. They have their legal team. They have their influences. They have operations in all 50 states and territories. That's the difference. They have to survive. They don't survive. If they don't fight for survival, they become an extinct species. And that's the difference. Trump didn't have that. Had Trump had the full support of the RNC getting involved in, in, in uh, Arizona and getting involved in Georgia and getting involved in Pennsylvania, we would have had a different outcome. If only the whole GOP were united and the establishment said, you know what, we may not like Trump, but we need him so we can exist. If only they would have came to their senses, there would have been a different outcome. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. Republicans know what they have to do for 2022, what they have to do for 2024. Once again, their backs are against the wall, but this time they're at the most vulnerable point of the history of their party, and they know that if They're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to pull all the stops, but they're going to make sure that the integrity of the election is preserved because they have no other choice. It's either that or they're out of business, and they're not going to go out of business. And that's probably the only thing that's going to save our country realistically. So it's not optimism. It's optimism based on historical precedents and based on the facts that are currently on the ground. It's not going to happen, guys. I can't promise you that, but the likelihood of that would be a one in a cotillion. And I'll defer back to you. And real quick before I got uh, uh, get Naj on, and just a little bit of an update, because uh, you know as time goes on, it's, it's, it's you know getting guests on or kind of, uh, it's just for some reason, it's not as easy as it used to be. Um, I know there's a, a hell of a lot of podcasts out there, but 
that being said, I did I have been corresponding with uh, Jack Lombardi. He is going to be running uh, in the Illinois 16th District uh, against Kinzinger. And I've uh, had a brief conversation with uh, the communications director, and we are uh, waiting back to hear from her uh, about getting him onto the show for an interview. Uh, so I just uh, got a tweet from him, uh, a couple of them actually tonight. So hopefully we'll be hearing from his uh, coordinator soon uh, to be scheduling to get him on uh, the show. He's going to be uh, going against Kenji in the primary. Uh, so, you know, there in Illinois. So hopefully we'll be uh, have him on soon. Uh, we, again, we just you know, just spoke with his uh, person yesterday, so they're looking at his calendar. And then hopefully I'll hear something back uh, by next week so we can get things, uh, get things scheduled. So I'll keep you posted uh, once I get, uh, you know, some more updates. But let's go ahead and bring in Naj. Thank you very much, Naj, for coming to the show. How you been? Yeah, I'm all right, man, you know. Friendly neighborhood leftists swinging by. See how you guys are doing. That's doing all right. Uh, doing all right. Um, I, I believe you uh, kind last of uh, time we talked. I believe last that? time we talked. Uh, last time we talked, some woman on the show was yelling at me and telling me that Trump would be reinstalled and Biden would be arrested. Uh, that has not happened. I am no, shocked. not yet. <laughs> I don't, no, yeah, I don't, oh, I don't okay. really subscribe oh, to that yet. myself, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, last week, if you listen to the archive of last week, Naj, um, we, we did get cut off early, which was what happened was actually kind of suspicious. If you listen to the end of the show, you heard that. But we had a guest on who, I mean, his contention is, now his was different than hers, uh, but his contention is, is in 2021, uh, somehow Trump will find him, you know, get somehow get back into the um, into the White House. Though his had more of a kind of a religious prophetic uh, theme to it, uh, so you can hear the well, you know all of that. Like uh, in last week's uh, well, last week's episode, yeah, you know, go to there, check it out. It was, it, it's interesting. I, I don't really subscribe was, to was it. Was the guy selling a book? No. Oh, okay. No. No, he uh, he's going to make he's money, the, uh, man. He's selling people unrealistic dreams, and people will people will buy into nah, it. No, he's Hope not. No, nah, he's not. Uh, no, nah, he's not selling a book. He um, no, nah, but he he he's, he probably he, should. Uh, he's the founder of Gulag Bound. There's a website called gulagbound.com. He's the founder of that. Uh, we've had him on a number of times on the show. Uh, but I mean, it's an interesting theory. I mean, I told him, I said. I'll tell you what, if that happens, because, again, he put, he put a, a religious crux on it, and he uh, – I said, i tell you what, if that happens, I may, I may, con- I may convert to Christianity. <laughs> if that happens, he, he may find a way to convert me. Uh, so, if it ahead. does not ahead, happen, I, I will he agree to a follow-up? Okay. What's that? Well, if it does not happen, will he agree to the follow-up interview? That's the interesting part, but – but overall, though, you know, I'm just coming in late, listening to you guys. Joe left already because Joe's old. He has to sleep. And I know you're, I know you're tired, Joe. Get a nap in. But, uh, yeah, man, it, 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 it's interesting. There, there's a, like, during this period, there's a, there's a martyrdom uh, type of complex going on uh, with a lot of conservatives. Like, I, I don't know where this is coming from, but 
this is really strange. Like to hear people talk about like either my party wins or the country's going to hell or the country will never be able to do this, that, and the third. And it's like there are political differences on the margins, but we're not talking about two parties who are totally, totally different or or the outcomes in the country would be totally different based on the election. Like, my God, lay off the coffee a bit, guys. Calm down. Well, I love coffee. I was in the green room, so I missed a lot of that, unfortunately, Naj. But uh, I can't stay off the coffee. I drink about four or five cups a day. Um, <laughs> And that's no joke. Now, um, I'll start my work day. Well, I'll start with breakfast, a cup of coffee, and then I'll get logged in. I talk all day for, for my employment. And, so and I sit get down, that too. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and, I'm all, no, and I sit you down because I just talk to people all day. Yeah, so, by, yeah, by, by, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But, but come on, guys. <laughs> Joe Biden being elected does not mean the end of America. He's a center, he's a center right Democrat, and he's going to do center right Democrat things. He's not a socialist or a communist or even a leftist. Hell, like it's Joe Biden. Like, why are we acting like he's some kind of radical? Well, Joe, well, here's here, here's my take on Joe Biden, and I pre, I definitely appreciate your input. I don't think I would. Maybe in the past he may have been described as a centrist, maybe in center right, which I would even argue against. Center right, but um, but right now ask, I don't think ask that what, the credit card company. Hey Robert, ask may the I unions in, in Delaware. Yeah, ask, ask the credit card hey, companies Robert. when he went to bat for them against the citizens, and ask the people of Delaware about his union busting, and tell me about Joe the radical. Well, he, here's the thing. Well, and, and was that you, Joe? Uh, hold on, Dave. I'll get you in. But let, let me make my little take, and then I'll let you get in. Um, here's my take on Joe Biden. Regardless of what he was in the past, frankly, in my humble opinion, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, is, what he did. It doesn't matter what his past. It doesn't matter what his agenda is because I don't think that the agenda that we're seeing is a Joe Biden agenda. When he says President Harris, he means it. He's not really the president. She is. Now, she's a, pres- she's a vice president who's <clears throat> really a president who has been tasked with the border crisis, and yet she hasn't been at the border. No, 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 hold on. Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold this, on, this later, I'm And then, yeah, but we never are able to go point by point. We never can work through ideas because you put 50 ideas out and then expect me to get all, like, we got to go point by point to get to conversation of substance, right? Well, again, you, you know what I mean? I'm giving you my take on on Biden, where I think that his policy, what what his policies used to be, have no have no bearings on on today, because Biden, as I said, in my humble opinion, Biden is being used. Okay. Biden is can, Biden can is being we, used. He don't have can, the mental we, he don't have we, the mental capacity to do it now. He just doesn't. Okay. It's obvious. Okay. Yeah. Can we can we go from there? That, that particular point. Can we hash that point out and then move to the the hair stuff and all that happens. Can we go to that point? Sure. And then what we'll go to David. Does I did tell David we'd bring him in. <laughs> yeah, I'll go yeah. ahead and play. Then I got I got to yeah, bring David. I told him about what. No, no, that's cool. All three of us should talk. That, that'll that'll work even better. But okay, what policies has Biden put out now that make you think he's any different? These are the same centrist policies as before. He's deporting people. Uh, he claimed 
he was going to crack down on ICE and it wasn't going to be the same Trump policies on the border, this, that, and the third. Well, you go in those facilities, what do you see? The same thing you saw during the Obama era, same thing you saw during the Trump era. So where are these differences that people are talking about with Joe Biden? Well, one, you, you, met the, you see the border crisis. You see what's going on in the border. I mean, day one, he, he's writing all these He's writing all those executive orders. I mean, I think he's got the most executive orders than any president in modern history. Uh, I mean, to the point where I think it's ironic. They call, you know, they called uh, Trump a dictator, and he's acting more like a, a, a monarch than than the, Trump ever could have been claimed to have been. And then okay. also, no, no. let's let Hey, Naj, you did, Are you going to let me finish or no? <laughs> No, that was then, I'm sorry. I, I thought well, we were tackling me. one point, and you moved to something else. But go ahead. Well, I, well, you asked me the policies. I'm I'm giving you a list. I'm not I'm not going to give you one. You said what policies are different than what would be considered a center right? Appeal is a center right. Then you know, again, very shortly into his uh, his regime, then. You know, he, he gets the, he nixes the XL pipeline and he stops the the construction of the border wall. So he stops that too. That wouldn't be center right. A center right wouldn't be wouldn't nix the XL pipeline, and they certainly wouldn't stop the uh, the construction of the wall, even when there's even that, that's that's just two policies. Okay, so the border wall is your concern, and the XL pipeline. Have you ever looked those are at? Two. Okay. Well, I, I second, wait a minute. Second, well, but second, look at his, look at his appointment. A center, a center right, a center right uh, president would not put as a as a assistant secretary of health. Doesn't matter that the guy or the girl, whatever you want to call it, is a transgender. That's not the problem. The problem is, and after this, I want to get David because I don't want to get Bianchi in too. We got plenty of time, guys. Is that a center-right president doesn't nominate someone who believes, you know, for the for the assistant health secretary. A center-right would not nominate someone who believes that it's okay to give hormone-stopping drugs, puberty-stopping drugs, to children. That's what his health. That's that's what assistant health secretary believes is okay to do. You know, so again, even his, in his appointment of, you know, of I can't remember the person's name, but that's who the, that's the type of person that he appointed for that. So there's there's you realize you haven't named policies, right? You realize that, right? Well, there's the the, the border policy where they have done nothing for it. He appoints, uh, you know, he, measure, he appoints, uh, he appoints Kamala Harris. Okay. Well, he's a we all, former we also prosecutor, and if you think Kamala Harris is a lefty, I don't know what to tell you, man. Kamala Harris hates my guts. Like she's a she's a former <laughs> prosecutor. Man. I'm sure she hates a lot of people. Uh, uh, Robert, may I please chime in? Go ahead, David. Go ahead, David. Okay. All right. Would. First of all, okay, okay, it's center left. Ahead. All right. It's center left. It's center. It's center left. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are opportunists. They are not. Okay. They are not. What they will say. Whatever. Ever the powers behold of them will tell them to do. Kamala Harris is the president, acting president. We all know this. No, How you don't you all know that. Joe That's your Biden opinion. is in the center and is in a center left position. Are you serious? 
by this guy's the most leftist president we've ever had. He's ever had. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm the moderator I'm here. <laughs> In the words of Kamala Harris, I'm speaking. Not, uh, okay. Joe Biden did okay, 42 executive orders oh, within one, one month, seriously, more than seriously. any president whoa, 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 in history. One at a time, okay? guys. Nope, oh. nope, 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 nope. Okay, 42 executive orders in history, all against American interests. The border's wide open. Go tell that seven-year-old how, uh, how centrist he is, who was abandoned, because now kids, oh, you know, they come across the border, they have amnesty. So what's happening? The coyotes, the cartels who are heartless, who will kill anybody, including their family members, are just dropping kids off, throwing six-month-year-olds into the river. Let's not forget that. Five-year-olds, two-year-olds over 14-foot walls. Yeah, Joe Biden is this perfect centrist president. Okay, he was in office for 47 years. Name one accomplishment. Name one accomplishment besides the crime bill that put more black people in prison than any other president in history, not to mention Slavery as well. That has been proven by Thomas Sowell, black, uh, black economics, who I believe is probably the greatest economist of all time. Well, Thomas okay. Sowell was what has Joe, what is, No, no, no. Hold on. So. I'm not finished. What has Joe Biden done? How is he a centrist? Please tell me what a centrist. If he's such a centrist, are you asking me to respond Joe or are you Manchin, asking the Senator Joe Manchin You're is opposing everything he's shown him. Okay. Christian okay. Sinema yeah, has yeah, also you asked him the question, Dave, so go ahead. Is, is yeah, he yeah, asking ahead, questions Nod. or not? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Okay, so yeah, a lot of rambling, go. and again, if we go point no by facts. point, we can actually have a discussion. Yeah, I would, I would describe your last go paragraph ahead. as no facts. Like you just gave your opinion on things, and you insinuated. That's not a fact. Those are actual facts. Joe me. Let, oh, guys, so let's not talk over each other. We don't, we don't, we don't. I don't like that. I don't like that here. I, okay. I, I watch a lot of news. Ca- Channels and when they go back and forth, I, I, I hate that. One person at a time, okay, please. Go ahead, go ahead uh, Naj, and then Dave, and I do want to bring, bring Bianchi in. Go ahead, Naj. Yeah, bring in old Bianchi. But, but yeah, I, I thought he was asking a question, so I tried to respond, and he responded in the middle of it. But, but basically, you just described your distaste for Biden. You didn't actually list policies. You didn't actually describe Biden as anything more than what I said he was, a center-right Democrat. That's who Obama was. That's who Biden is. <laughs> I don't get the surprise. You make it. Well, I mean, you can laugh. Hold on. And then the other part. Nas, Nas, real quick. Now the host won't let me go. Nas, you say, wait a minute. Because I think think Dave asked a a question, and I want to know this, too. In what way? Where was the question? It was like a seven-page paragraph. Nas, I'm going to ask you. Go ahead. You state that. Biden and Obama are were center right presidents. Tell us how so. That's my question. How were they center right presidents? Okay, so we can get into the DOD budget. It's going to be similar to Trump, George W. Bush. You look at their border policies. Their policies with ICE going to be similar to George W. Bush. Going to be similar to Trump. And, and that's the funny part about all of this uh, immigration and border hysteria that. People who are Trump supporters have actively ignored the border for the past, uh, you know, six months. And then when Biden gets in, they say, all of a sudden, oh, the border's out of control. Dude, that's been going on for the past two years. Where have you been? The bar, the, this has always the been the The border has been protected. The moment this man, when well, Trump sir, is it's not your turn, sir, wait yeah, a minute. Let's, 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 let
Come on, Dave. Go, go ahead. Let's, let's have Dodge, a, and then Dave, Dave, Dave let's, Yeah, but let me make this. Let me make this appeal today. Let's have an honest conversation where we make a point and then allow another person to respond. Make a point, allow another person to respond. I'll I'll cut off some of my long windedness in order for us to be brief and like he's saying, run this like a real cable news show back and forth where we actually inform and maybe maybe we find out we agree on some things, however small those things might be. But yeah, let, let, let's do that. I will run on a long winded rant. I promise it just be thirty seconds. I am appalled by what Nash says. I can't believe what I'm actually hearing. I cannot believe it. All I can say is, Naj, if that's what you truly believe, good luck with that, my friend. Good luck when the cards start to fall even more and more. Good luck. I just hope you can put your money where your mouth is. I just hope in two, three, four years when something happens to your job and your position – I hope you don't come back on this show and say I told you so. That's all. No, I can I'm gonna say. come back on. I'm gonna come back on this show when the country is still standing. Uh, it hasn't gone socialist and fallen into the sea, and I'm gonna expect you not to be so gloom and doom. The world is the sky is falling. I'm gonna expect you to be reasonable and rational as opposed to hysteric. Like this is hysteria, man. Like what? What are you talking? You think Joe Biden getting elected means the end of America? Like, dude, get out of here. Then you say, well, Kamala Harris is running the country, and that's a fact. No, that's not a fact. That's your opinion. You think he's so uh, old and feeble that he can't do anything and that Kamala is running things. I, I have no idea why you made that assertion, but it, it is what it is. Like, there's no proof of that. That's your opinion. Okay, I think, I, I think that silence there is a good opportunity cause, uh, for me to – and we're going to get now real quick. Two things. One, programming note, and we still got plenty of time to have these discussions, and I appreciate all of them. And but don't let your mics or your phones drop after 15 minutes because you won't be able to call back in, and I want to still be able to hear from everybody. And so, but now that's the first point. Second point is since there was a little silence there, I do want to be able to bring in Bianchi, and so let's go oh, ahead yeah, and yeah, welcome right. Bianchi to the show. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> and uh, y'all, y'all, like, y'all, y'all in trouble on. now. <laughs> y'all in just trouble like now. The, I got my tag team partner. Just like <laughs> the outlaw Josie Wells, everywhere not go cause a bunch of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> he caused a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> but here's the thing. I hear what Homeland Security is making recommendations that they finish the wall. And uh, that's Joe Biden's Homeland Security, by the way. And the stop it what he, the way he's done, it's only, what did they curtail about 50,000 jobs, contracts that was already out was, was being just uh, running into problems. And the man is just, he, he, he's not fit to be a president. I mean, I really, I really feel sorry for him. But the thing, too, that you make and mention here when you talk about the boycott the 2021 Major League Baseball, I think that would be a good idea. There's no way that you should let corporations, especially those that have the Clayton Antitrust looming over their head, make make those type of statements that they're making. States, 
legislatures, according to the U.S. Constitution, have the right to do what Georgia's legislature did. And you know, it's a funny thing. When you have information on what's contained in the act, like blacks were saying, it's stopping black people from having water, Arizona tea, and pizza while they're waiting in line to vote. Well, it doesn't say that. It just does some things that was completely out of control that they learned from from the 2020 election, and they're trying to make it corrections where things work out best for everybody, and they do. My point. Thank you. I can't believe Bianchi, a real baseball man, is talking about giving up baseball for that move. That's a, that was a surprise. Well, not baseball don't come before my love for the United States and the U.S. Constitution. And, and, I my can't point, yeah, and, and my point on, yeah, I, I don't think, the, my take is, and we all got our opinions, certainly, is I don't think that all of Major League, I mean, I wouldn't boycott and I wouldn't ask or you know, support all of Major League Baseball to be, uh, you know, all the teams, you know, all the games to be boycotted. I, I, I wouldn't suggest that at all. I don't think that would be fair to the players. Um, I don't think it would be fair to the fans, you know, but I do think, you know, at least say, hey, you didn't you – know, I mean, they didn't do this for all of MLB, I mean, all the games. They just did this for the All-Star game. So boycott the – you know, my, my thing that I would like to see, again, this is just my opinion, just boycott the All-Star game, boycott any of the sponsors uh, of, the, of the All-Star game, and then after the All-Star game, you know, you, you, know, you still watch baseball, maybe you buy yourself a Coke or something afterwards. But at least put some kind of dent in their wallet. Because what I said earlier in the show is is this, is that my concern is, is it's not only about what, and in and, and part it is with what you stated, Pianchi, is where, you know, you had one guy, and he said my decision, uh, reading his quote, is, you know, I decided, you know, that this is what we're going to do because of voter blah, blah, blah. And so he made that decision, but also yeah, what well, a lot host, of folks are host, talking host, about, host, real, quick, real quick, real quick, but what a lot of people are talking about is at the same time, because I want to illustrate why I have a concern, is because not only did he make the decision based off his opinion of the law, supposedly they asked the, uh, the, base, the, the players' union, but there's a lot of players out there saying – Nah, I really didn't want to do that. I, I want to play ball. But at the same time, they're signing, a from my understanding, a 125-game stream, streaming game to a Chinese communications company. So here we are going ahead and, you know, making deals with China, who at this point in history is our biggest adversary, our most dangerous adversary. We're making deals with them, and then at the same time, making decisions, you know, against you know a, an American state, basically saying, well, we're going to get out of that state because we don't like the decision about, as you put out, you know, Bianchi, what their legislature decided to do. So my concern okay. is, is they're not is if if, if MLB says, hey, look, there's a billion people in China. We don't really need nor care because we don't need American citizens anymore. We don't need their money anymore. 
I don't, I'm not saying it's at that point yet, but I don't want it to get to the point where that's going to happen. We don't need him anymore. You know, we have to show you something. The only way to real quick, and this is how I'm going to add, I think the boycott, just like I said, it's nothing real detrimental, but it's going to show them, you know, our displeasure in them. And it, the only way to hurt them is to hurt their pocketbook. Yeah, okay. So let me respond to that. First things first, all of these people who are so upset, uh, where were you during Citizens United when we decided corporations' money uh, was speech and that they had a place within government? Like, where were all of these people then? Then the second point would be the MLB commissioner does not act on his own. The MLB commissioner, just like the NBA, uh, the NFL, and all other commissioners of leagues, they act on the pleasure at the pleasure of ownership. Ownership takes a vote. The MLB commissioner goes out and acts out what they voted on. So, no, they don't talk to the Players Association about this. They may poll them, but they're not going to move at the players' discretion. They move at the ownership's discretion. So ownership in MLB, who has the data that we don't have, said this is bad for us business-wise. It would be a good move for us to do this. So I'm just kind of shocked that I'm hearing conservatives kind of rail against the free market where a business is looking at a place and saying, wait a minute, probably not a good idea for us to do business here. Now, the Masters, the golf tournament, they have a different uh, set of, of a fan base, a different set of people to, to make happy. The Masters ain't going nowhere. The Masters is going to be in Georgia. It's going to go down. Ain't going to be no interruption, nothing. But MLB, they've looked at this, and, and this is the conclusion they've come out to. And, again, that's ownership, not the MLB commissioner. And when you say they got a streaming deal in China, why the hell wouldn't they? Why the hell wouldn't they go to more eyes and viewers and pick up more money across the globe and become a global thing as baseball should do, like the NBA is, like soccer is, uh, like the NFL is trying to do? Hell, that's, that's your job. If you're in promotions or marketing for those leagues, your job is to expand your footprint. So, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with them doing a streaming deal in China or Japan or anywhere else you want, Australia, anywhere else you want to name. They should be expanding their brand. But I, I don't know, man. I'm shocked. Conservatives are against the free market. Yeah. Now I'm hearing conservatives are, are telling me that they're going to boycott Congress. I have not used twice. Let me tell you something. Well, 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 hold on. I'm almost done. This sounds uh-huh. like cancel culture. So y'all canceling people. In no, Congress. we're not canceling. We, we like, you know, you, I know you like to do a sermon. you from Atlanta. It's a lot of preachers down there, black preachers that like to sermon. <laughs> but let's get to this. If, if, if Major League Baseball was going to do that, why did they have to use the excuse that they use? We don't care about them doing it unless there's some security effort, some security reason with dealing with that particular streaming company. But they didn't have to use the excuse that they use. I bet the owner of the St. Louis Cardinals, DeWitt, would not have chose that method in order to change mine. And I would bring out this old poor black person, the poor weed black person, they being mistreated. Do you know that, le- uh, that Georgia's legislature is red? It's not blue. So you mean to tell me that the people of Georgia's legislature cannot represent the people that put them in that position and also be able to exercise that right which is given to them by Article One of the United States Constitution. Businesses are not supposed to be able to hold that kind of leverage to what we're demonstrating, and I call on Congress to punish them. 
So Congress should be able to punish a business for saying they don't like a bill? Is that what you're telling me? Y'all get more authoritarian every week. Let me chime in on this one right now. This is me. Okay, you know, first of all, how are we becoming authoritarian? Cancel culture means that you are taking away that person altogether. That means that you are doxing them. You are doing this. You are doing everything in their power to destroy one's life. When you boycott, when you simply boycott and voice with your dollars, that's not cancel culture. And, yes, Citizens United is constitutional. Money is free speech. It doesn't matter how it is. Look at these devices right here. It costs money to give speech. If I want to run for office and I need to build a billboard, if I need paper, if I need campaign signs, anything with reprographics, that's free speech. So Citizens United, now don't play that Citizens United card with me. Okay, and with China, yeah, China is imprisoned 4 million Muslims, Chinese Muslims, Uyghurs. So, no, I don't think we should be doing business with the communist regime of China. Japan, free markets like that, yeah. In the words of Rush Limbaugh, let the market decide. And the market, and we will decide with the market. We don't want to do business with China. We don't want, we don't want to do any of that because of what, they, well, because what they're doing. Oh, so how you're human rights. Way, shape, you're, you're how human are we in rights. any way, shape, or uh, form are becoming authoritarian? You need to give me a factual. How are we well, becoming need authoritarian? To give you authoritarian. But I'll give you something because your question was so easy to answer. I'll give you something. When you talk yeah, about ahead. the legislature should be able to attack businesses for them using the political speech that you just said is constitutional and and they should be able to use it. When you come back and say that there should be payback for that or Congress should be able to go after them for that. Yeah, those those are authoritarian reaches. And when you say you, you don't want to, and you say you don't want to do, I was responding to what Pianti said, and then you responded. So I'm just going by what's been said. And then when you say we're not going to do business in China, okay, how far do you want to take this? How many products are you actually talking about? Are we talking about clothing, food? Uh, are we talking about are we talking about everything? Because if we are then y'all got to get a much longer list of things you are not going to buy anymore. And I, I want you to hold to your word. My phone's from Samsung. It's from Korea, South Korea. So I think I already beat that one. The tandem that uses my phone to charge it is from the Congolese. So I think I won that one too, even though China and America, we do have, America has more interest in there than China does. So I think I'm already winning that argument right now. Okay, we don't have you know, to do business with China. China is phone. either because they use for they use forced labor. I believe that we should. I believe that we should do business with South with uh, South Korea. That is the money right there. We need to do exclusive business with South Korea. Cut China off. They are communists. The communist regime. If they if we cut them off, then we cut off their power because the free market doesn't survive. The free market would we never don't survive with them. Cut off their forever. power. Can, Other people would take over the market share. Like. We, if we're talking about the free market, then no, you, you would just you would just make Europe more wealthy. You would just make well, Australia, not. Japan, those other countries more wealthy. That's all you would do. No, nah, don't you want to hurt China? That way, they won't be taking over Africa. Your black homeland. Oh, oh yeah. hey, now you know I got a soft spot for some of the colonial tactics that, uh, uh, on on riding on China for some of the colonial tactics we're seeing going on right now. So yeah, I definitely got a disagreement with China on that, brother. I'm not sitting here saying China is good. I'm sitting here saying if you're a business, especially a multinational corporation, you're going to wipe off this huge part of the economic board and say we're going to operate outside of this? It's not realistic. You know, so, it's, so it's, China, not, 
So Shaitanah tell Uganda, Shaitanah tell Uganda, we would do no business with you until you open up your society to homosexuality and and abortion and abortion at will. We did that too. Come on, we did that too. Robert, it's not hysteria. I'm going to tell you why it's not hysteria, as Naj claims. Obviously, Naj is in a very comfortable position. He has no clue what it's like to be in a liberal state with a liberal governor and a liberal legislator that has taken away millions of people's of livelihoods. So it's okay for him to sit on his perch and criticize other people because he hasn't lost anything due to COVID. He's in a very, very nice, comfortable position. Isn't that so hypocritical? And I've said this on this show many times. That anyone no, who voted for Biden, you just I'm not a life done. For me. Let me finish. Excuse me. Right, Let me have the floor. Hold Let on. me have okay, the floor. Let me have the floor. I have not interrupted you. Okay. Anyone who had voted for Biden are the lucky ones that were not affected by COVID. Now I have seen the pain and suffering in the state of Hawaii where I lived, where COVID had to drive me out of there because liberal governors and legislators drunk on power decided to politicize this disease and lock down and destroy economies and livelihoods. Same thing in my home state of New York. So you know what, Naj? You're out of touch with reality and no compassion for all those who've lost everything due to liberal governors who politicized this. And even David said it earlier that the states that have the highest COVID numbers are actually governed by majority of Democrats. So please do not play the hysteria card here. Yeah, you don't so know the, the suffering continues. of thousands. I'm not yeah, done. So you don't well, know well, the please. suffering. So you can sit out. Let me finish. It's not hard. And then you can have the floor. So you can sit on your nice little perch and you can throw stones at everyone else because you're in a very comfortable position. Congratulations. But I find it okay. highly offensive to the I'm not done. I, I, I know you don't have something called composure, but hold your horses. I'm not done yet. And then okay, I get to the guys, floor. Let's get okay, guys, let's get down to this. Okay. And it's not right to be interrupted. And it's really and it makes the conversation longer when I'm interrupted. And with all due respect, there's no reason to be not civil and interrupt. Okay, there's no guys, reason to do that. So at least let me finish. I've been very civil. I've been very respectful. So yeah, at least let no. me finish. Let the person get a word in. Or is it maybe that it's convenient that I don't get a word in? Or is it maybe it's convenient I that mean, you're sir, on you here to hijack the show? Well, I'm not right. Again, you're prolonging the conversation. I know the tactic you're playing here. It doesn't work with me. And it's not going to work with everyone else who's on here. So basically you want to make it seem like everyone is tag teaming on you and we're, we're the ones that are all hysterical. No, I don't think so. I, I absolutely no, I, do not think no, so. No, I'm talking about you. And I'll end it with this because what you are, continue yeah, to keep interrupting me and I can't even finish a conversation. So where's the composure? You can't even allow someone to finish a conversation. Naj, you talk about advancing the dialogue, but you won't let a person finish a conversation respectfully or give them the floor. So let me finish, and I'm almost done, because the longer you prolong it, we can't advance the dialogue, as you claim you want to do on the show, okay. but you're interrupting me. So let me finish advancing the dialogue, 
and you can laugh all you want and make it humorous. Yeah, that's it uh, just we, shows you know, no, your that's true colors. Cool, with hundreds of millions of Americans suffering who lost everything, you know what? You're laughing in the face. Now, you know what? I want to give you a challenge. I'd like for you to go oh. to your employer tomorrow and go to your boss oh, oh, and stop oh, laughing oh. at him and, and start laughing at maybe some of your employees who lost their jobs because of COVID. Let's see how far you can do that. You see, because you can hide behind this show, but in real life, you wouldn't have the guts to say this in person out in the public because the court of public opinion would hunt you down in three seconds. People will give you a reality check. And Bianchi is right. This ain't no sermon in Georgia, my friend. And this is what you've come on the show to do. See, I've been on this show long enough to know there's two types of people that come on this show. There's those who truly want to express themselves in a civil way, and there's those who just want to hijack the show. But whatever their sinister views are, they don't care about advancing the dialogue. They don't care about respecting other people. They just want to hijack the show because the show is the only place where you can hide behind because you feel that you are relevant. But in the real world, you wouldn't dare laugh at this in the court of public opinion because if you did so, you'd be scorched. You know it and I know it. So you can continue to laugh like we're in the third grade. It just goes through your emotional maturity. Sure, have the emotional maturity okay, of a three-year-old, but I'll just okay. end it with one thing. <laughs> I find it ironic that the young that David, one more thing. Well, I find I mean, it ironic the, the that the that David, that Robert, and me all don't agree with you. After paragraph. Yeah, right. Just and that's conspiracy? okay. We don't so all have to you agree. Have everyone else on the show who has disagreed with you, but yes, you're calling it a conspiracy, and we're all. Delusional no, and this is hysterical. I think you are. Well, he said hysterics right now. Like you've done this long speech where you've tried to insult me every other word. I guess that makes you feel better. Good job. But getting back to the conversation, I'm a person who's on the left. The host brought me on because he knows that I disagree. He didn't bring me on thinking I was going to come on and agree. He doesn't have a problem with that because he can accept new ideas. He can disagree. He can agree. Like, that, that's just life, man. You're not going to agree with everybody, and that's okay. Me and Bianchi have argued millions of times. Does that mean, oh, I can't talk to Bianchi because we don't agree on it? No, it's okay. It's not a big deal. So to your point, when you talk about democratic governance, when you talk about a pandemic, it doesn't care what party you're in. It's a virus. It doesn't care what party or what you believe in. So the states who have the biggest populations got hit hardest by the pandemic. It has nothing to do with who was governing at the time. And when you say the lockdown situation, which we didn't do enough of, that actually made our situation the worst in the world for a country with the amount of resources and skilled uh, physicians and medical teams and everything else that we have. The results that we have are, are a lot of uh, a right-wing idea that this is something to be politicized. The people who said, I'm not going to wear a mask. And the people who are now even fighting and saying, I'm not getting the vaccine and, you know, all this other stuff, that's going to make this harder. The, the trouble with this disease is it takes a communal effort to really work through it. Now, these countries that don't have the division that we do, they're having better results than us because they were able to comply. There are people who don't fear their government. There are people who don't hate the other parts of the citizenry in their country. So they're able to have better outcomes, and they're probably going to come out on this on the other side quicker than we do. But we're doing better now. People are getting vaccinated. Work is being done. But, but this whole idea 
that the lockdowns that created uh, uh, created uh, destruction. Like, no, the lockdowns actually saved a lot of lives. We lost over 500,000 people to this disease. So when you say the lockdown was the bad part and not the actual death, I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, we're working on it now. Hopefully things will get better. Uh, Trump deserves credit for, uh, you know, dumping that, that, that money into the budget to make sure the vaccine uh, would start getting worked on. But it's, instead of looking at it as a partisan person where you said, I'm, I'm team red or team blue, dude, I don't like either party. I, I don't know if you know this about me. The host knows. I criticize the Dems and Republicans, dude. And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here a little bit. Um, got a, a couple of things is you know with, with the lockdowns. I mean you've got plenty of states. You know look I mean look at Florida. I mean and also if you want to look at uh, you know their their uh, death ratio you know compared to New York. You also want to talk about you know the amount of you know elderly folks. You know the per capita of elderly folks that are in Florida. And Florida even with that is doing much better than New York and in California for that matter. In California and Newark had much more stringent lockdowns and, and Hawaii for that instance, as, as you pointed out, uh, Joseph, ha- had more stringent lockdowns than, again, let's say Florida. What I think, and I'm no doctor and I don't play a doctor on TV, is look at the people who, you know, this virus is the most detriment. You're talking about people because I've known multiple. I've known a lot of people who've gotten it, including myself. And I've only known one person. I'm sorry to say, but the person passed away, you know, due to complications from COVID. But he was 79 years old, and 10 years prior, he had a you know he had a heart attack. He had a heart condition. What this virus does, if, you know, the virus has a 98 plus survivability rate. Yes, 500,000, it's a tragedy. 500,000 people did die from it, if you, if you believe the numbers. Some people believe that the numbers are skewed. But that being said, let's just go by the you know, produced numbers. It's got a 98 point, again, it's got a 98 plus percent survivability rating. And the people that it's really doing the most harm to are the, are the more advanced elderly and those with you know, comorbidities, you know, and, 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 I, and what I, the reason, one of the reasons why you see the Asian nations not doing as bad as the, uh, let's say for you like the United States, is that one problem that we have rampant here in the United States, and it is a comorbidity and people who have this are more susceptible of dying from COVID, is obesity. I mean, I mean seriously, go to Asia. I mean, obesity isn't rampant. In, uh, in the Asian countries, it's certainly rampant here in the United States. So I think you're going to see more deaths because more people are obese. That's one of the you know, comorbidities that makes COVID more deadly. And why is that? Well, that's our American culture because we all you know, eat fast food all the time, you know. Uh, and that's about you. Know, I mean, that, that, that's a, that's a factor, but but the other part is the Asian, especially East Asian countries. They have a mass culture. They went through H one N one, swine flu, and all this other stuff, and they kind of have a mass culture. So when this first started, well, that, that they were true. already wearing masks. I, I would just we were that. late to adapt to it, and Fauci got that wrong. Remember, Fauci said, "No, I don't think masks are necessary." And then a couple months later, he had to go back and retract that because that was wrong. So that that that's a part of their culture, and that that kind of helped them at the early stages. 
Well, I want to go ahead and interrupt on that. And, uh, and, and I, no, and I agree. They do, they do have more of a – yeah, well, I used to make jokes, and they weren't really jokes. It's more of a frustration. When I'm air mask, I call it my mouth shackle, to be honest with you. When, I mean, and as, soon as, and as soon as I walk out of a building, guess what, guess what the first thing that comes off my face, unless I forget. I, I rip that damn thing off my face as soon as I walk out of a building. Um, and I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm, I'm not. I mean, people, I've been going back and forth with somebody on Twitter, and they're like, you're not going to get the vaccine? No, no. No, I'm 50-something I'm, I'm years old, not 50. I'm in fairly to good health. You know, I, I you know, probably already had COVID, you know, because I did have the symptoms back in February of last year. And it's a 98%, it's a 98% uh, survivability rate. There's no reason for me to get the vaccine. There isn't. So why? Did I, I, I disagree, but it's your right to choose. Yeah, it's your right. It's your right. But but, but, but let me ask you this: it's, it's with a ninety-eight percent, with a ninety-eight percent survivability rate, with me being fairly to good health, I'm not obese. Yeah, you know, I, I can I can I can stand to shed some pounds. That's for certain. I sit down and talk for a living, right? So, but and I I mean you know and so why? You know, why would I risk – why would I take a, a vaccine that some have been causing blood clots in some people, some people have got really sick from taking the vaccine? And so, you know, as I said, I've known a lot of people who've had it, and why would I, t- why would I feel forced to take the vaccine that's got, a ninety again, a 98% probability of me surviving it? Okay, so I feel – you know, what, what, what would motivate me to, to, to take that? So okay. if, if, well, I well, this get, is why if I, I were to get COVID, I stay away from people, or if I'm or if I'm where I could, you know, I'd be carrying it, I stay away from the people who are more susceptible. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I should no, no, get the, a vaccine. No, that, what, what you just said, it, it, that's why I disagree. The 98 uh, percent survival rate or, or fatality rate, I don't think that, or survival rate, I don't think that's the thing to focus on. The thing to focus on is. How how easy it is to transmit the disease to somebody else. Oh, it's quite so easy. So that would that would be my thing. So that's that's why I'm doing the bank. But like I said, that's what? everybody's choice. As long as they're not forced vaccinations, as long as we never go down that road, you know, everybody's free to make their choice. Right, and I see we agree. Naj, we agree with it. <laughs> see, we do see? find something we agree with. There we go. With. We found something. <laughs> One thing. See, it's a beautiful thing, man. Everything ain't a fight. You know, you know yeah, Robert, I mean, Hawaii only had a population, only has a population of 1.4 million people. All the statistics show that because we are the farthest state in the Pacific and we have warm climate, we are the least susceptible to COVID. And yet it was Democratic governors who decided to shut it all down when the science proved otherwise. And in other major cities, my home city of New York, which is turned into a third world country. I'm not politicizing it. I'm calling it facts, fact by fact. You look at the, at the uh, Democrats and how they're running the cities and states into the ground, like California and L.A. and Chicago and Illinois and Detroit and Michigan and Honolulu, Hawaii. It's a commonality. If you look at all the red states and, and, and the states that are completely open up right now, such as Texas and Mississippi uh, and Robert uh, and um, Florida, they're thriving. The fact uh, they're not. 
I'm in Georgia and Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. I mean, but we have to be factual here. We can't use, like, opinions where we say this is going well when the numbers say it's not we're talking over we're, we're talking over each other, Gamage. You know, like Joseph and Naj. you I know you want to respond. So go ahead, Joseph, finish that, and then we'll Naj. Go ahead, and you can respond, but get, go ahead and let, let him finish though. Go ahead, Joseph. I'm not politicizing this in any way, shape, or form. I'm not doing that. The facts all show that the the states with the toughest Lockdown restrictions are the ones that are failing economically and the ones that were already in economic trouble prior to that. I have spoken to so many disaffected Democrats who've lost everything due to the lockdowns who say, I gave my loyalty to the party, I donated it in for 40 years, and they threw us under the bus. Now, what I find sickening is some people on this show laugh about it. They laugh like it's not a serious matter. You could disagree, but I think it's sinister to actually start laughing about a serious topic like that when we're talking about millions of Americans, pain and suffering, and then someone pulls a Kamala when she's laughing in front of the cameras. That's what I find sickening. Not that we disagree, but how we, how we carry ourselves. And there's so much suffering, and there's so much inhumanity in this society and yeah we can disagree but then do we have to start laughing about it and treating a serious matter of people's pain and suffering like it's a joke that is just so sinister that is just so wrong and you know there's an old saying karma karma's a bee okay well if he's finished i'll say this I'm not going to assign any any descriptive word to you. I'm not going to call you anything. I'm just going to have a conversation about the actual topic. So you told us about, well, this state, this state, and this state, or this governor, and then you said, no, I'm not politicizing. Meanwhile, you're steadily saying the Democrats, the Democrats. You're obviously politicizing. And the biggest thing that we're missing here when you have a conversation like this, when you have a global pandemic, guess what you need? A federal response. Not a state-by-state piecemeal, hey, I hope it goes well in your state, I hope it goes well in your No, you need an actual federal response. The countries who've done better, France, Canada, uh, I won't say England, uh, Japan, South Korea, the countries who've done better, they had, federal, they had a federal response. They said, look, we're going to have to do a lockdown. And in the midst of this lockdown, we're going to take care of our citizenry by doing what? Stimulus payments to the people so they, they know that they're going to stay home, stay away from people so we don't spread this. Meanwhile, we're going to be working on the vaccine, working on ways to figure out how we get out of this, but we're going to make sure we don't put people in economic turmoil. Well, that is what a federal – sir, hold on. You got mad at me for interrupting you, so let me finish. That is what a federal so response that, does that in the midst me. of a – Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's what a federal <laughs> government does in the midst of a pandemic. Now, the trouble with – what Trump did was he did the vaccine part right, but he didn't do the added stimulus added on to the lockdown. So you can, you would not only influence people to understand that these lockdowns are for the better outcome later on, but also you get a sense of community because then people start thinking about, wait, wait a minute, I got to stay away from people. I got to wear these masks when I go in the store or when I go to work. 
and when I'm around people. So that way, if I got it, I don't give it to anybody else. It, 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 it kind of puts the country back together. But instead, Trump decided, hey, there's a lot of people on the right who are upset about this. They don't want to wear a mask. They don't want the lockdown. So he fed into that, and those people kind of, you know, they, they felt emboldened by Trump. And then we had a situation where we're arguing with people who were saying, well, it's just like the flu. 500,000 dead later, they're not saying that anymore, but we're still trying to kind of, you know, put the pieces back together. So, again, when you look at population, when you're talking about COVID and, and the effects of it in a state, you don't look at R or D as the governor there. You look at population. And Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Texas, all of these states are having really bad outcomes right now. COVID spikes are on the rise. So, no, things are not going well down there, especially here in Georgia where you can go on Instagram and kids are having hookah parties and clubs are packed and all this other stuff. And guess what? We're getting really bad results down here in Atlanta, man, because the city is open. So no, that's and, and where 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 are the where are those hookah parties? Uh, uh, where are those hookah parties? Oh my God. Can you give me an address? <laughs> oh, dude, the, 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 there's hookah clubs. Hey, Robert, Matthew, What would you suggest? Real quick, well, we got Kelly on the line, and, and Kelly's got uh, okay. some updates for us. And uh, certainly everybody's welcome to come back to next, next week's show. We'll, we'll continue on with this conversation. I don't want to bring Kelly in, but I do want to have a few, a few words here before I do that, okay? And, again, okay. I mean, we're welcome to continue this, uh, these conversations next week because I have a feeling that these types of conversations is something that uh, there's not a time limit on. It's going to be happening for a long time. Now, a couple things. Okay. One, when you talk about the stimulus, Nosh, is that's Congress. That's not Trump. Uh, when it comes – and Pelosi actually was holding some things back, two reasons. One, she was trying to get a lot of non-COVID-related, as they did this last bill, uh, a lot of non-COVID-related items in that bill, which held it up. That's one thing. Two, she didn't want a bill, a bill passing or anything passing, for that matter, that would make Trump look good. And she's even pretty much said that that was one of the cases. She didn't, they, didn't want to, they didn't want to do anything that could make Trump look good, especially in an election year. <laughs> And so, oh, I'll go. I'll go one further than that, host. They the two, antagonized him that's, during that's the discussion first, to get him to walk away from the Now table. you're interrupting no, me, no, now, buddy. You're, you're right. No, no, no. I was seconding your point. They antagonized him deliberately during the negotiations to get him to walk away from the table, so he wouldn't get the stimulus payments out before the election. He should have saw through that, but yeah, they did do that. I, I agree on that point. And then, secondly, uh, and secondly is. What's different from – and then I'll bring you in, Kelly, I promise. What's different from the United States and practically every other place in the world, not all – and you mentioned, you know, you know South Korea, you meant, or, you know, South Korea, uh, France, you know, all these, these other different countries you mentioned. They, could, they had a national response because okay, when you have a state uh, – a nation like France, a country like France, that is – the size of one of our states, the difference is, and this is what sets us apart for good or ill, whichever someone's opinion is, the United States is a republic. It is a, it is a republic. And that is and, – and are we willing – and then I'm going to bring in, Kelly. My contention is this. Maybe we can bring this up next week, talk more about this next week because we don't really have time now, unfortunately. But do we really want to give up how the, the United States is a republic? And by giving all this government control from the federal government, 
What detriment can that actually do to our republic? That's what we're that that's what people are getting concerned about with this this government, you know, with some say federal government overstepping by saying, well, we're just going to have a national lockdown, or as Biden was trying was saying, well, I'm just going to do a, a national man a mask wearing mandate because that, what that does is that goes against every fiber of us being a a republic. You know, we're not a single you know we're not a single single state country as let's say let you know France. Okay, or even Canada. That yeah, you this, know, this is a weakness. You know, so we're so we're not we're not our our system. Our system is not is not built that way. And are we willing really to give that up for um you know for what 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 people would think is security? But again, we can we don't have time to go deep into that. But I do want to make that point. We certainly can hash that out more. Speaking of hookah. Now, a little play on words there uh, in the office. <laughs> yeah, I know you got to get Kelly. We'll hash it out next week, Let me get back after Kelly. Let me get back after Kelly gets back. Well, if we can, because unfortunately we are uh, oh, okay. running out time of time in the show. And I do want to give everybody I do want to give everybody at least a, a few minutes at the end of the show, uh, show for their closing comments. So we'd like to give everybody at least a minute and for closing comments for us to shut things down. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Kelly, thank you very much for coming to the show. Good to see you. How are you? Hey, good. My son's on spring break, so we spent the day together. We did mini golf, and we did uh, an escape room. It was just fun, and I just dropped him off. So, But, yeah, I wanted to. You know, you asked about uh, update on election integrity. I'll get to that in a second. But the word republic, a republic is where a government is founded by a charter, i.e. the Constitution or the Magna Carta, the Grand Charter of England in 1215. Um, the charter is the supreme law of the land. Well, that's kind of a duh. We're used to it. We, you know, kind of take it for granted. And it's a mechanism in which the government is held accountable. Uh, democracy is when three lions are deciding uh, two lambs. Well, let's take a vote. Three lions versus two lambs. Who's for lunch? A democracy is when three kids tell their parents by vote the chocolate cake is for breakfast. So in that republic, in the charter, we have systems of accountability. States have incredible rights. Trump got it right. He left a lot of things up to the states. The founders would be frightened. The founders of this country would be frightened with a national mask mandate. So anyway, the uh, the founders would be frightened where the federal government is right now and how big it is because they fought to avoid such potential tyranny. Anyway, so I wanted to go into election integrity and what I'm working on. We have a golden opportunity to hopefully by honey, by kindness, attract our county election clerk to not renew the Dominion contract. We have Dominion vote counting machines here in Siskiyou County, California. We're on the Oregon border. And, uh, oh, boy, this woman is pretty bold because Tea Party not happy about the results. There's lots of video of Mike Lindell, others, David's all sorts of evidence. Very concerning. Why are we renewing this contract with Dominion? Why? Well, someone please tell me why. Um, so I'm gathering a group of people before the meeting tomorrow and call it Patriots Party or whatever. And we're uh, going to ask a series of questions. 
of this lady, and I've written her and talked to her. And talking to her on March 4th, she intends to renew the Dominion contract. Now, the Dominion contract has a clause. They lease the machines to the county. They don't sell the machines. They lease it. And if you owned these machines, you could do whatever you want with them. You could investigate them. You could part. You could look at the software. You could look at the firmware. But no, they lease it. This is in the contract. And and the um, in the contract, you cannot look at the software. You cannot look at the firmware, which is software in a microchip. Um, all sorts of contractual clauses that basically say, as how I interpret it, we are not open to transparency. It's very concerning. So in my quest for a transparent, honest, trackable election, I am I wrote some specifications because you can do a bid request. You know, a county wants a, a bridge built. Well, they design it, then they do a bid request. And contractors look at the plans, they bid it, there you go. There's specifications, you'll build this bridge this way, you'll use number eight rebar here, da 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 da, this type of five stack concrete, blah blah blah. Okay, that's specifications. So I wrote specifications. Here's the specifications. Um, open source software. Digital ballot images cannot be deleted except a special procedure. Um, it's federal law, by the way, if it's to USC 2071. Um, yeah, well, we can invest. We can look into the software at any time. Open source software means it's public, but we can look into the hardware. We can find out if parts have, have been made by, say, old China. In our specifications, this is what I'd like to see. We'll see if our county election clerk will actually require these specifications. And certain companies are not going to be able to comply with it unless they want to be transparent. Now, if Dominion can comply with specifications, great, great. You're going to prove that you want to be transparent when this contract is renewed or put up for public bid. I'm not sure if it's even put up for public bid or if it's a sole source uh, contract or a sole source proposal at this point. It's frustrating. So we have – I'm gathering people together. We're going to ask – hopefully we can do it very kindly um, – about 20 or 30 questions between a group of us. And what this is going to expose, let me go through some of these questions. Are these all county machines 100% accurate? We're asking our county election clerk. He's going about to renew the contract. Are they 100% accurate? Do you believe this, that they're 100% accurate? Yes or no? Oh, yeah, okay. Because I've heard this from poll workers. Do you believe these election machines are 100% secure, 100% accurate? Yes, no. Yes, okay. Are there zero vulnerabilities in these machines? Yes or no? Well, zero vulnerabilities. Okay. All right. Thank you. Are you a computer programmer? No. Are you a um, computer security expert? No. Does the county election official and her staff off practice computer security protocols? Well, um, well, okay. Does the county election process have a physical security protocol? Because I walked up right to a right up to a vote counting machine the night before the election. I had an officer of the law with me. 
Okay. So all, all these questions are going to expose the vulnerabilities. They're going to expose the vulnerabilities because in most counties in election clerk position, they don't program computers. They don't understand computers. To them, it's a, a magic black box. It's going to expose these, these, these vulnerabilities that the end conclusion is simply this. I, as a voter, in a position where I have to trust a, uh, someone who trusts another person, who trusts another person, who trusts another person, who trusts another person that I don't even know. When I was a poll watcher, show up at the polls, talk to a poll worker. Hey, 100% secure? Yes, I trust them. 100% secure, accurate, no vulnerabilities. Oh, I trust them. Are you a computer programmer? No. Are you a computer security expert? Well, no. Have you examined these machines? No. Then how can you make that statement? That's poll worker influencing the public. Oh, yeah, these machines are fine. Didn't haven't done any analysis. Well, you might want to talk to the poll judge. Same questions. Are you a computer security expert? No. Well, you might want to talk to your county clerk. This is the chain of trust I'm talking about. Poll worker to poll judge to the county election clerk to people in Sacramento to a bunch of people there, this person, that person, that person. We are trusting someone who trusts someone else, who trusts somebody else, who trusts another body, who trusts this other person that we don't even know. And so hopefully we'll get out a few other questions like, you know, Miss Election Clerk, uh, would you buy a brand new house that's never been inspected by the building inspector? Oh, no. Would you buy a brand new car that was never inspected? Well, no. Would you buy and fly a brand new airplane that's never been inspected? No. What's going on with these machines? Why are we doing this? Can we do a third-party uh, assurance system like the Humboldt County Election Transparency Project where they scan with a, can- a Canon scanner or a Xerox scanner. They scan all the ballots, make a digital image of them, just like your phone. They put those all the ballots on a DVD. You can buy the DVD at the counter, and you can do your own recount. That would be a nice third-party assurance system. Why aren't we doing this? So we're going to have a golden opportunity. Some people are very upset about this. What? We have Dominion? Yeah. Our clerk, I talked to her. She's uh, considering uh, renewing the contract. What? Yeah. People are not happy. So I don't think – I think the election clerk here is honest, hardworking. She just doesn't understand the black box. And so I guess next week we'll have to tell you the results and see if she'll start to really – she inherited the system from the previous election clerk. But why why are we allowing this system of a long chain of trust with these machines that are sealed up by contract for the firmware, all the components and the inner workings of all these components? Why are why are we trusting someone who trusts someone who trusts someone else who trusts I'm being repetitive? But are we are we getting the point here? There are vulnerabilities. How do we firm them up? How I mean, it, it, it it's so frustrating. I was up to like two in the morning last night putting some documents together. Robert got that, and so we'll, I guess we'll just see what happens. Um, I want to get other people's thoughts now that I've explained this long chain of trust. What are your thoughts on on our present election system? Oh, and by the way, this is pretty much nation-wide. 
you got Dominion ES and that's in Hart Civic. It creates a chain of trust, and the voters in that position. I just have to trust somebody. So, what are people's thoughts? Well, I'd like to have heard uh, Bianchi's thoughts on that, uh, but we lost, unfortunately, uh, Bianchi's call. Um, he, you know, and unfortunately, at this point in the show, when someone drops a call, they uh, are going to be unable to uh, call back. Hopefully, we'll hear. Uh, from Bianchi next week, uh, certainly continue on our spirited uh, conversation that we had earlier tonight. Um, and so that's definitely uh, you know, good information there, Kelly. So uh, we'll go uh, up the order here. So, uh, Naj, if you want to uh, comment on what Kelly's uh, given us the information, and then you, Dave, and then uh, yourself, Joseph, and then we're actually getting close in about nine minutes uh, or so. Uh, for me to, you know, start us to do our closing comments. Uh, but uh, if we're a little bit later on that, you know, that, that's fine, but that's generally how I'd like to do it. But let's go ahead and uh, get your thoughts on uh, what Kelly was uh, talking about. Again, uh, yourself, Naj, and Dave, then uh, Joseph. Go ahead, Naj. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I just want to say, man, the reason I come on shows like this is for people on the other side to see that, yeah, there are leftists in America. Uh, we're not your enemies. Or your countrymen, we disagree on political issues. That doesn't mean I'm the worst person in the world who wants to destroy America. And the more we normalize these conversations, it'll be better for all of us. And another part is, since I'm reading so much stuff on the left and talking to so many people on the left, it's kind of good for me not to be in the echo chamber and not hear what people on the right are thinking and saying and everything else. So that's why I come on to shows like this. I know I'm not going to be popular when I come on. The host knows that. But that's okay because <laughs> I, I still would rather hear what y'all got to say and give my opinion on stuff because that's how discourse actually works. And, of course, we're going to insult each other and we're going to get mad sometimes. That's going to happen, but it's okay. You know, it's no big deal. Me and the host have had drag-out fights on here, man, in the past. And we came back today like, yeah, okay, Naj, I'm here, whatever, let's go. So it's, it's no big deal. As far as Kelly, me and Kelly disagree on the idea of uh, voter fraud being a problem. I, I think our election – system is, is really well run. I, I think it's pretty good. Uh, me and Kelly are just going to disagree on that point, and, and that's okay, too. Yeah, that, I don't know if you'll get a lot of consensus on that uh, here. No. <laughs> Not the voter stuff. I mean, even... Uh, I didn't come I, here I didn't, to be popular, man. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I appreciate it, certainly. Um, now, one thing, uh, you, you know, I always question something. It always, I recently questioned this, but I always thought it was kind of weird because I don't know if I always subscribe to it, and then I'll bring it over to you, Dave, it's, and I won't, I won't prolong this, is when they always said that the, 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 there was a pendulum where you always seem like, well, the Republicans would have power sometimes and the Democrats. Sometimes the Republicans would, and, the, and they're like, oh, well, that's just how the pendulum swings. That's just how, you know, how it is. And, and I always thought that, yeah, okay, that, that's probably true. That's probably valid. Except this, you know, these last couple of elections, I'll start, especially 2020, to be honest, but I'll start thinking maybe it is more set up than what I, I, I thought maybe it would be because it just, it just didn't seem – I'm like, it just swings so much so often. I just – I don't know. <laughs> I just wondered if it, was, if it was actually, you know, the reality of, of how people are really voting. But, it, but go ahead, Dave. 
No, we've had a broken election system for quite some time. This is why Dominion is coming up with one lost, bogus lawsuit after the other because they're trying to cover their tracks. That's a fact. That's a fact. The state of Michigan, the state of Arizona, they're all looking into forensic audits, and Dominion doesn't want them uh, meddling in their business because 81.5 million people voted for Trump. They said, F this, man. We want Trump to take us out of it. You know, we remain a constitutional republic where the states are the final say-so of rights. Uh, we are not to we are not to be beholden to the federal government whatsoever. Look, if you read uh, Federalist Papers sixty eight, they clearly stated that it will always be the states' rights. That is why this is the Tenth Amendment, in my and to be honest, not to my opinion, but every almost legal scholar has said that is the most powerful amendment. It's a reiteration to the preamble of the Bill of Rights, the last preamble of the Bill of Rights. So no. You know, these our elections have been rigged for quite some time. Southern California flipped five seats in super blue states. In a super blue state, which I'm starting to question now, because California holds the largest Republican Party, even larger than Texas, and they still uh, happen to lose. So it kind of makes you, you know, like you said, I'd go, I'd think back everything to 2016. Did they rig it? But they didn't think that Trump would come back. Because remember, Hillary was winning. And then when Republicans got off work or even disenfranchised Democrats, when they got off work, they started voting in record numbers for Trump. And by 3 a.m. Eastern time, he was declared the winner. And then you expect me to believe that a guy who was in his basement, who was 47 years, who's not passed anything whatsoever, had the lowest approval rating of any VP in modern history, Kamala Harris, who had the lowest approval rating of any contender for the Democrat ticket, had a 0.8%. Approval rating in California, to believe that people from all over said, no, we want Joe Biden, we want Kamala Harris, when they're not really doing anything. Joe Biden doesn't meet with real uh, leaders, the occupiers, and Kamala, she doesn't even go to the border. She said she was going to fix it. Nope, she's not at the border. So now, these elections, we really need to fix our voting, and we need to get Dominion out. Simple as that. That's a state issue, not a federal issue. So the states individually have to vote that out. The 28 states do not allow dominion. And Joseph, uh, you want to uh, you know, chime in on that? Yes. So, you know, I find it really ironic how uh, an individual can say that uh, him or her represents the left. And that's okay to have different views, but we should all come together and we're Americans. It's kind of hard when you have the main components of the Democratic Party and the mainstream media that for over four years have demonized President Trump, have demonized his supporters, have said horrific things that we're racist, that we're a white supremacist, that we need to be deprogrammed. It's kind of ironic how they just say that, uh, oh, but we're, we're just Americans, but we differ with views, but we want unity, when actions speak a different tale. And it's just beyond me when you're talking about a serious subject of hundreds of millions of people suffering that a person would come and just laugh, just like when Kamala laughed when she was being interviewed about taking over the border crisis. So make no mistake, you could code it as, uh, you know, you're just from the left and you're just coming on the show to hear a different view 
you could code it any way you want, but you know what? Actions speak louder than words. And the actions of the Democratic Party, they're doing everything to destroy a country, everywhere from eliminating the Keystone Pipeline, the Dakota Pipeline. We're going from a, a country that was energy independent to a country that's not. And, of course, typical left talking points. We need to federalize our government. We need to change it from a republic. Well, then if that's really how you feel, uh, there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the derriere. And good luck if you try to go to another country, and they'll even give you the time of day to give you citizenship or a visa. And I'm just going to use this as my closing comments. I find it reprehensible that anyone would laugh about a sensitive topic about hundreds of millions of Americans who are suffering, a lot of them who lost everything, and they're just laughing. It takes a sinister person to do that because actions speak louder than words. We can disagree, but are we going to laugh at people's uh, pain and suffering? That's what the left does really well. So in the end of the day, if people are just coming on this show because they want to hear the other side, look no further. When Rush Limbaugh was dying, you had people on the left who said, I hope you die. You had people for four or five years saying, we hope our president dies. But if you dare were to say that about Obama or Biden or Kamala, oh, my God, you would get canceled in every way. You'd lose your Instagram, your Facebook. The irony, the double standard, really. And you want me to believe that you came on this show and we're all Americans just with differing views. No, actions speak louder than words. And if you don't believe me, go to the court of public opinion. Try airing those very same comments and see what response you really get. Those are my closing comments. And uh, pleasure to be on the show. And may God bless the wonderful United States of America. And we will always remain a constitutional republic. For as long as I have air in my lungs, I will fight to ensure that this country is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Not the Braves. Not the Atlanta baseball team. I know. I'm not the greatest at telling jokes, but, you know, with the MLB. Actually, I was going to allude to that earlier uh, about, yeah, not the home of the Braves anymore. Just ask their team. So I was actually going to kind of you know, try to use that pun as well, but maybe just not a very good pun. Um, no, and I appreciate that. Uh, fact, uh, the Braves aren't in Atlanta week. anymore, for those who don't know. The Braves are actually in Cobb County now. You that, well, shows you how, how much I follow baseball. <laughs> I, 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 I follow baseball at a cursory, hey, let's uh, eat some wings and drink some beer and watch a baseball game, maybe some slices of pizza. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go for more of the social aspect of, of baseball than actually watch or, frankly, care about the game. To be honest, um, you know. But I mean, I do see. I do think what you know happened with uh, them moving the All Star game, you know, is there, which was the main crux of our conversation tonight. I do see them, you know, politicizing baseball, which I think, you know, pe- that people don't watch sports. Not even just uh, so that they can, you know, get some type of, I don't know. Political activism or social awareness. We can save that for closing comments for you, Naj. But anyway, speaking of that, 
Uh, I do want to give each person, um, you know, at least about a minute or so uh, for their closing comments, and we'll go down the line. I appreciate your closing comments there, Joseph. So we'll go to you, Dave, then you, Naj, and Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. Again, each person's got about uh, about a minute and a half, and then I'll have to close things out for the night. But certainly appreciate everybody uh, coming in tonight. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Dave. I appreciate everyone coming on the, um, the show tonight. You know, like Joe, uh, Joe hit the nail on the head, man. Our constitutional republic will forever live as long as they're lung in my, you know, the air in my lungs and the blood going through my veins. Cause and comment, we need to open it all up. We don't need lockdowns. Masks don't work, and I can verify that. I have uh, NBC training from the Marine Corps, and I was one of the first ones they take. Paper mask or any kind of cloth does not work. You need professional gas masks and mop suits in order to stop airborne, uh, airborne illnesses such as the COVID. And lastly, if we have a 98% percent uh, rate, you know, and you can't survive it, that means two things. You have pre-existing health conditions or your mask or you're overweight. So you gotta, you know, you gotta take care of yourself, and that's the individual's responsibility. Now, I'm sorry, you know, I, I feel bad that all these people have died, but in, influenza itself has killed more people than any other, any other disease in human history. That's a fact. Uh, that's a fact. Even more so than the, uh, the Black Plague that they have that. We didn't shut it down during the Hong Kong virus in 1969. That infiltrated actually uh, Woodstock as well. We didn't shut it down during the Spanish flu. We didn't shut it down during the bird flu. We definitely didn't shut it down during Ebola, and we all know uh, – the Lord Jesus was our <laughs> Obama was the president. We didn't shut down anything. We don't need to politicize anything anymore. We need to open up this economy. But unfortunately, because of these uh, executive orders and the policies, it's not going to be like a Trump economy, that's for sure. And everyone take care. God bless. Have a good week. Thank you very much. Yeah, hopefully we'll uh, head again uh, next week and uh, continue our conversations. Go ahead, Nosh. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think tonight is, is, is really proof where you can see people don't actually want consensus. They want to stay within their echo chamber, speak to people who agree with them, and when somebody upsets what they see as the norm, uh, they get really emotional about it. They get triggered. They want to attack people. They don't know how to handle it, and, and that's a bad place to be in. We've got to be to the point to where you can say, okay, let me think about this. Is that person right or is that person wrong? As opposed to looking at that person and saying, that person is the enemy, they're going to destroy everything. And as far as America being a republic, yes, America is a republic. Like, we all know that. But there's also emergency powers in America, like all other major industrialized nations. And a global pandemic is a reason to what? Break glass in case of emergency so you can handle that particular situation. So, again, Measure our outcomes by other industrialized nations, and you'll realize that, no, this was a farce, a terrible handling of a global pandemic, and that's why we're in the situation that we're in. There's no nostalgia or patriotic uh, phrase you can turn that's going to change that. Like You're going to just have to grow up and man up to a certain degree and say, okay, these are the conditions we're facing. We're going to have to figure out the best way to handle it. And as a country that is as divided as this one is, Going into the next century where other countries are not as divided and are set on becoming the next economic force or next global force, uh, digging in to your echo chamber and saying, no, the other side, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them, this is actually a plan for losing going forward. So I, I don't know how patriotic that is either. 
a, a global situation and we got people here saying they hate half of the country and the problem is the other half of the country. Like, we, we got to do better, man. So it, it is what it is. But y'all have a good night. It was nice talking with y'all. Like I said, even though we disagree, dude, I, I expect that. But, no, I don't – I ain't got no hate for nobody on here. I don't know y'all. We're just throwing ideas out there, man. Well, yeah, and I think um, – you know, and, I, and Kelly, you did your, your closing comments. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing with – I mean, uh, you know, I, I'll leave my closing comments at my time. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> I jumped the gun, Kelly. I'm sorry. I don't like to do that. I I caught myself. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I uh, you know, what's interesting about our republic is how we have survived, you know, wars, other wars. We have survived swine flu, slash Spanish flu. We have survived so many things: the invasion of the British, even our own civil war. I mean, my gosh, we have survived this. This COVID thing is um curveball. It's a curveball. And in the big city today, Medford, Oregon, there are people are you know, you please put your mask on, I wanna say, Oh my gosh, thank you. You just saved my life. It's like crickets going through my uh, through the uh chain link fence in my backyard. That's all, all yeah. I'm an expert in filtration, the masks are just it's a joke. Anyway, so America has survived many, many things, even the Dust Bowl, the Depression, da-da-da, okay? And what's wonderful about this country is there are so many freedom-loving people that are standing up, that are doing things, and I've got contacts all over the country. You know what? There's so many people that love this country that hopefully we can get going down the right track. We can be doing what we should be doing. Um, this, this, I just hope this COVID, there's a new strain coming out, 1117. Anyway, all 50 states have it now. Started from Great Britain. Oh, let's all be afraid again. How about freedom? In the words of Rand Paul, why don't we try freedom? Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry I missed most of the show, but I'm, I'm glad to hear people that care about this country, even though we do have some slight agreement, uh, disagreements. And um, so, yeah, nice meeting some of you new people, and uh, God bless, and look forward to next week. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kelly. And, you know, for my closing thoughts, um, thoughts before comments, before, you know, before closing things out, is, I think, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, I, I think the debate difference between uh, the, the people who, you know, I don't want to say right or left, but, I mean, you, you mentioned liberty. I think some people want to, are picking liberty over security. I think there's a, a big portion of the country that's willing to give up some liberty for security, and then there's the other half that said, no, I'd rather have liberty over over security. I think that's a, a big debate that I don't think we've really had uh, here in the country. I, I think we've had it without actually realizing we're having it, without actually realizing that is what it really is. And when you talk about the hate, is that if I, if I, put, I put the hate – and I do. I've said this many times on past shows where, I, yeah, we, we've disagreed with the left and right with each other, and we, we, you know, but we didn't hate each other the way that we hate each other now. And I agree. That is true. That, that's there. Uh, I put that squarely on the media. I think it, the media you know, promulgated that hate first by promulgating their hate 
against President Trump. I think they've then they moved it along to the people who are the supporters. I mean, they were saying people who weren't wearing masks were killers. If you don't wear a mask, you want to kill somebody. If you want to talk about, you know, trying to instill hate in the people, try, try to make everyone who disagrees with you wants to be a killer, and they don't care about other people's lives. It's not that we don't care about other people's lives. We just care about liberty more than security. But And because of that, we were called, you know, we, we, we were accused that we want to be killers. And, and that's, what, that's where a lot of that hate comes from. So if you want to look to see where all this hate stems from, you can look, you can look squarely at the media. That's, that's where it is. If Americans hate Americans, you can put that responsibility squarely on our so-called mainstream media because they're the ones who sowed the hate between you know, the, the, the two, I guess, opposing forces uh, in the country. But I do have to close things out. do appreciate everyone uh, who's come to the show. I hope to see everyone next week to continue our conversations. I'm sure we'll have another main topic, as we always do, and then continue on with the discussions we have tonight. And so uh, we'll play that song I do uh, every end of the program, and that's by Aubrey Ashburn. I actually did get an opportunity to uh, interview here her way uh, back when we first started the, uh, the show in 2012, and it was, uh, it was pretty cool. But anyway, have a good night, folks. Have a good week. Uh, take care, and thanks again. I look forward to seeing you next week, and good night. Thank mm-hmm. you.